Hello, I'm Matt Bergman, and you are watching or listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 145. Um, could somebody pull this up on their phone and just make sure we're getting volume and stuff and I did everything correctly? If you can, you getting any volume? Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, you can cut it off now. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, tonight I am here with we've got uh, we've got um, Josh Stavrakoglu. Um, How's it going? Okay, or, or Josh Stavlovagus, you might know him as, <laughs> and he's many aliases. And this is uh, his his last night with us for a while because um, he's going to be moving on to uh, Virginia for a couple weeks, and then he's out to Colorado. Um, we've also got uh, Philip Dassing. What's up? We've got Rachel Bussell. Hola. We've got Kyle Wagner. Hey, guys. And we have a uh, special guest, um, Arvin Vora. Hell. So, yeah, Arvin Vora. This is, I believe this is your fourth time here. The, the last so. time you were here, I actually like passed out. Like, <laughs> like, uh, like an hour and a half into the podcast, I just uh, it's got a little Witnessing. too intoxicated, yeah. And then, uh, and then, like Philip Dassing was nice enough to take a picture of me with the blanket over I my did head. Post it, so. Yeah, he posted he in the totally podcast should've. chat. Yeah, only no, in the chat, no. dude. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I mean, you didn't draw wieners on my face, so I mean, I, I was happy overall. Um, so, topic number one tonight is, uh, of course, you know, we've got Arvin Vora on, so why not talk about Arvin Gate? <laughs> and so, Arvin, what's going on? So apparently in a few days now, they're voting on whether or not to, you know, kick you out of your position as vice chair. They are. They are. Um, the, the issue at stake is that there's a lot of people on. Should I move this up here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of people, you know, in, in the Libertarian Party who believe that my... The way that of which I discuss teachers, military, other protected groups isn't great. They definitely took issue to my most recent series of postings in which I indicated that I thought age of consent laws are stupid. And I also thought that that age of consent could be, which to me is I could see that as a gray area, is definitely a grayer area than something like welfare, which to me is black and white. And so the comparisons were often very difficult for people. They didn't like the fact that I was saying that welfare is absolutely non-consensual, whereas, you know, somebody's a teenager, somebody's sexually active, and if they're sexually active, somebody who's significantly older or whatever, you know, that's, that's their natural right. They can do whatever they want. So point is, those things combined have, to say the least, very triggered a lot of people in the libertarian movement who are currently demanding my removal. Okay, well, well, let's just say there's somebody that you know, okay? And let's say somebody that you know is is like a 35-year-old male, and he's dating a 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. um, how, how would you look at that? Would you feel like there's a need to ostracize this person? You mean me personally? Yeah, you I mean, personally. I would probably want to know what's going on. I mean, I'm, yeah, it I mean, it's 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 a weird situation. I'd want to know. I mean, if, if he's a friend of mine, I'm gonna say, you know, is it like is she terminally ill? Does she have one year to live? And and she's like this most amazing person you've ever met. Is there is there some reason? I mean, I'm not saying that I think it's a great idea yeah. because to be totally frank, I don't. There, I mean, there's there's that's that's the thing about there's a lot of yeah. things I, I think what, what you're you're basically calling for like um you don't believe the government should be involved in anything correct i mean yeah i mean it's, it's kind of like drugs like i don't think that everybody should be doing heroin but i also don't think there should be law i don't think the government should be involved in that that I mean, yeah. that's, that's going to be the kind of the key difference so basically um what you're what you're saying is you're like libertarian on all fronts 
Yeah, yeah, and I do pick. That's what you strive for. Controversial issues. That's that's what I do. Yeah. I think. Well, you know, it's like my personal criticism, and then like I was telling you outside. I mean, like I'm in awestruck to have you here. Um, it, it's uh, you know, I was telling you, you know, you're probably my favorite politician ever, uh, besides Ron Paul. And you know, the thing I like about you is is you do attack those sacred cows that that, that you listed. And, you know, I, I feel like you're being uh, libertarian um, from what I've seen 100 percent of the time. Now, the criticism, I, criticism I have of you mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you don't always have the best tact. And <laughs> like, like, uh, you know, for instance, like with, with the, the consent laws and stuff, you know, like I, I, I've told people before, you know, when I was 15, I lost my virginity to a 19 year old girl. So, you know, technically, you know, that's right. But I mean, I, I feel like I consented in that situation. I don't feel like I was like hurt from that situation. Um, you know, I don't think it was any like devious thing on, on her part, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, technically that that's illegal, right? Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's um, so, you know, I, I think there is there's a huge greater area with consent. But like, like at in the Maryland, same time, that would be somebody who would be put like in Maryland. That would be that would be possibly jail time certainly a fine and definitely added to a sex offender offender registry you know what i mean like that's yeah but i mean i feel like at the same time with everything that's going on i mean going after the state for prosecuting uh you know predators is is like the least of our worries if she was like 21 would that make her a super predator yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, I don't like that, and that it's of predatory. Like, you know, I, I mean, I can only ability. speak. I can only speak for my specific situation where I was fifteen and she was nineteen. It was that situation with those two people, and you know, I, I don't feel like like I was forever hurt out of because of that. You know, <laughs> okay. Here's here, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. Libertarianism to me, it is a big idea. Libertarianism is a big idea. The way feminism is a big idea. It is too big an idea. You, you can phrase it and you can state it in a way that fits in with statism. You can make it sound like that. And the way you do it, how do you do it? You just don't talk about anything controversial. You just skip those things, right? Like you can make it sound like it fits into, into statism. But I think that's wrong. I think the idea that says that that some a separate authority should be determining our recreation, well, our sexuality, our like you know who we respect. I think that's wrong. Well, so, you know, you know, like the thing is, like you know, like I pay a lot of attention to your posts, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I read everyone that I see, and I, I try to give you love on everyone that I see. I, I usually give you love, um, but that was like one of the first times where you actually triggered me a little bit. Interesting, because, interesting. Um, because, and I, I guess you know, like it, it gets to a point. The, the younger and the younger the child that you name in these like made up scenarios, I mean, the creepier it gets. And the older the adult, the more you like you think, wow, I would hate that person, you know. So it, it's, um, it, I don't know, man. It, it's like it, it's. I, I think different people have different thresholds for for triggering, <laughs> and this is the first time that you triggered me because you know, and I can basically take um, almost any speech. I can take like like any idea, like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like true. I'm I'm just very open minded. But you know. here's something that like, interestingly, so so age of consent isn't like like one of my issues, right? Usually I talk about military, I talk about government schools, I talk about ending welfare. I mean, age of consent, like on an abstract principle, yeah, I agree that it should go. It's not, it hasn't been historically a big issue. It's not a thing that I talk about a lot. Honestly, it's not a thing that I really think about that much. It's, yeah. your, it's your issue now. It's my issue now. I mean, and, and for the last you know, few days, few weeks, whatever it's been, it's been such an education. I've learned so many things, so many different ways of looking at it. Uh, I learned about the German model, fascinating model right here. Here's what the Germans do. They set the age of consent very low. Age of consent in Germany is 14, but 
if the young, if there's an age gap and the younger person feels not not forced but taken adva- advantage of by the older person, then the younger person can can seek restitution or or you know go go after that person. So there's a huge burden now on the older person who should be more responsible. Realistically, I think the older person should be more responsible. So now it's not it's not that it's inherently against the law. But now it kind of shifts the burden of proof. I thought that was very interesting. One of the other things that I learned about was a historical thing. Um, and this would be something that would trigger, I think, all Americans. Honestly, even when I read this, I was like, whoa, that is a little like for me. I mean, you know, just despite my flashiness on social media, I'm kind of a conservative person. Uh, in, 19, in 1977, I mean, in my personal life, there's, there's nothing honestly that remarkable about, about my personal life. In 1977, there in France, some... A lot of the people that we now consider just great minds, I'm talking about Simone de Beauvoir, right? I'm talking about Sartre. I'm talking about Michael Foucault. I'm talking about some of these great thinkers. Wrote a letter to they all were like signed a letter to the to the major French newspaper, ask demanding the release of I think it was three men who were there for sexual liaisons with 13 and 14 year old boys and girls. I would call boys and girls. Maybe they call men and women. Whatever. And the idea that 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 they would that these kind of towering intellects in very recent history, I mean, we're not talking about like you know 1500s where like the lifespan was different, would go that far. I thought was very interesting because and and what 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 to me was very interesting that they said is if a 13 year old can buy birth control, what is it for? If a 13 year old can consent to a 13 year old, what's the difference? I mean, what what's the difference? And you know when they were interviewing the people who'd been you know supposedly taken advantage of. They actually said that yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a negative thing. I mean, they described it kind of the way you describe it, to be honest. You know, I was actually we were we were talking about this a little bit last week, and I was saying it would it would be kind of neat if there was like a reality show where they like or like they did like a documentary per se, where they went back to uh, you know some of these kids that are banging their teachers now and the teachers twenty years later and just talk about them and see what they think about it now. You know, and and as you would guess, I, the teacher's life was, was probably totally ruined. But you know the the kid. Are they going to say that they're like hurt? And I'd imagine in different there's, cases there's, there a, there's be actually a famous things. example that 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 a lot of times people don't think about. The current French president, they they met when he was ten. His parents separated them, right? Like sent him off to like a boarding school or something like that because they could kind of see what was happening that that was inappropriate. But you know they say behind every man there's a great woman. Sometimes if your if your great woman has like a few decades on the opposing side's great women, wait, you can wait, become so the president. Yeah, I didn't so, hear anything wait, about he, this. He was ten years old, and the woman no. was the woman was how old? The, it's his it's his wife. Like you know the 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 current president of France, his wife is significantly older. Right? I did not know that. Oh, oh yeah, oh, okay. they, she was his teacher, oh, and yeah. he pursued her. Yeah, and she was like, no, no, and he wouldn't give up. And then when he, I think he was twenty one or something yeah. like that, he yeah. ended up. Oh, if I want to yeah. say correctly, lost his virginity to her or something yeah. like that. You have to fuck me now. <laughs> <laughs> I order you to fuck me. No, but, but the thing is, like, so sort of the point is, like, you know, that's that's like, an, I mean, it's 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 more of a complex issue than what we want to say. What we want to say is that the older person's a predator always, and it's bad. Life is more complicated than that. And uh, absolutely. That, and, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. I mean, the state is simple. The state is heavy-handed. It, the state says one size fits all. And in education, it doesn't. And in sex, it definitely doesn't. I mean, 
Yeah, people want that protection for children. They want that heavy-handedness against predators, somebody who might take advantage of a younger person. They want the state to prohibit that and to punish that when it happens. And, And I would agree with that. I mean, to me, that's how this philosophy works. The state is the enforcement mechanism that puts those kinds of restrictions in. And you go against that, and it's yeah, well, like, and it all it triggers people that are like, this guy is gonna, you know, let our our children be preyed upon, and so you know, no one wants that. It's it's totally unpopular, and then uh, it it just it's like, you know, like it's like you're exposing children to potential harm. And and to me, here here's the thing: when you bring up an issue, and and this is the first time that that I've brought up this issue. It's not the first time it's been brought up in the LP, by the way. The first time in mm-hmm. recent history it was brought up was by. Not by Mary Ruert so much as people attacking Mary Ruert. She she published her views, and her views are more hardline than mine. I mean, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for her. Um, but that's what they did in the 2008 campaign. They targeted her, saying that you know she's in favor of molesting, she's in favor of all this kind of stuff. And the result was that because people couldn't handle. I mean, I can you imagine where we'd be right now as a movement? If we'd had Mary Ruart in 2008 instead of Bar Root, I mean, I mean, can you imagine? Like the the like she would have reached different people. Yes. She would not yes. have reached Republican light. She would have reached the people who are there to think deeply and to stand up for what they believe in. She would have reached like it would have been a different thing. I mean, I I, I get that you, that people are going to be upset by an idea that is that is so emotional and so volatile. And honestly, could I have phrased it better? Yeah, obviously, I could have phrased it better. <laughs> but but I mean, do, do you think you like the negative attention? Like it seems to me like you just enjoy the angry reacts, the the ne- negative comments, the the uh, attention focused on yourself. I mean, is it is it about you? So the question is, do I like the angry reacts? I mean, I don't, inher- I don't think anybody likes an angry react inherently, right? Nobody likes the angry react inherently. But a lot of times, you need to say you need to say to yourself this: if you're not getting the angry reacts. Are people even understanding what you're saying? Because I mean, I could phrase I could phrase something on social media that was about abolishing government schools that sounded so harmless and innocuous that technically, if you follow what it says, it would lead to their abolishment. No one would know what it said, and people would be like, "Yeah, that sounds really positive." The thing is, at some point, they would find out what it means, right? And to me, I want to be upfront. I want to have those hard discussions now rather than, you know, two days before the election in 2020. Well, Maybe. see, I, but, but it wouldn't... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I've noticed on your posts, when you post stuff that's, like, pretty mainstream, libertarian-wise, you post stuff mainstream, you'll get, like, six reacts and, like, one love, and that'll be Matt. So, <laughs> so but, um, but when you post, like, the controversial shit, like, it'll get like a hundred or like 300 reacts to it and one i noticed that still mad you reach <laughs> yeah one love still mad but um but i realized it it reaches more people the idea has reached more people but when it ventures out into the internet a lot of people they don't take it that way and a lot of people i mean people are commenting now telling kyle to poke you in the eye right now <laughs> on this podcast so People aren't intelligent enough to know that you're not sitting there advocating that's for for like yeah I want people to have sex with six year olds but yeah. that's just when you when it ventures off into the internet people read it dude, in the, that way that's the other like, that's the other like amazing thing about this dude because like I swear like um, last night for instance I made two Arvin posts and I've got to tell people you know if you're a principled libertarian an Arvin post is a great way to just like clean out the trash because like i had um seven different people because i have facebook purity that'll that'll show me every time somebody unfriends me or blocks me or anything Mm -hmm. or if they even just delete their account so after this arvin post like like within an hour 
I got uh, it was seven or eight people un- unfriended me. Okay, one of which um, felt the need to still like comment on my post and slander you because it's like every time somebody tells an Arvin story, I feel like the child's age gets lower and lower. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like every time it, it's it's basically it's crazy, and I'm just like, okay, do me a, a screenshot of that. So it's basically you know it's people like <laughs> re- repeating what they think you said, and it, but it's it's never because I but I see the original post and it's never it's never exactly what you first said. It's just making you sound like some creepy ass pedophile. <laughs> Yeah. When yeah. you know, as you've stated, as you've stated that that's not your goal, and you've never been proven of doing such a thing, and to say such is slanderous and is not very libertarian. Yeah, I mean, look at it like this, right? Like, if you look at who, the thing that the LNC fears would actually be an amazing boon for the party. What they fear is that this becomes nationwide and you know, I and Nick Sarwark and a bunch of people are on like, you know, 60 Minutes and CNN talking about this. Yeah, fine. And we might have to spend 15 seconds defending, you know, explaining that we believe the government should be out of everything, including government schools, including the military. I mean, it that's, that would be the ideal thing. I mean, it hasn't happened. The, the actual negative, you know, quote, articles, and I'm using that word very, very generously, the articles on this have only really come from inner party people who are from rival caucuses or from you know people working for GOP turncoats i mean it's it's not it's not like the mainstream media cares what I say. I'm not like. I mean, I saw an article about it from Jack News. I think it was. Yeah, I don't oh know. yeah, they're not mainstream. Like a, but well, they don't care I think what you people say right are afraid now. that it could go <laughs> mainstream. The they don't yeah, but, want this party to be known as right. a party that harbors pedophiles so and ebophiles or however you say yeah. it. Another thing, you you chose to bring this up at a time when this Larry Nasser guy from USA Gymnastics is on trial, and they've got you know a, a parade of women, 125 of these gymnasts, you know, coming through and talking about the psychological damage that he did to them in their formative, like, teenage years. So, I mean, it's like, I'll scroll through my feed, and it's like, you know, uh, Allie Raisman, you know, reads upsetting letter, and then the next post is Arvin talking about 14-year-olds having sex with adults. It's just terrible politics, in my opinion. So let's look look at both parts, right? The, the Jack News quote article, it's written by an LP member who, you know, doesn't like me, per- I mean, doesn't like my views. It's mm-hmm. that's like written by an LP member. So if you want to see, if you want to say that, like you know, what if the main? This not it's not me getting the mainstream media to pick it up. Well, not yet, but I mean, you know, it definitely would be ammunition for the LP's opponents to say that this is a party which doesn't protect our children. But the LP's opponents don't do like if the LP's opponents did that. What you're saying, Kyle? I would be like, oh, thank God. What the LP's opponents do is they do their best to pretend we don't exist. I think the LP's <laughs> biggest opponent is the LP. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this case, we're talking about you know, and and the article, the article is it's, it's not an article. It's a hit piece. It's not it, it's not an article. It's not like I was interviewed for the article. It's an article that's just bizarrely mischaracterized my view. It includes ads, by the way, to that homophobia, which I don't know where that came from. I'm not, now, I'm not a real homophobic type dude. You know now, now, Jack News is actually, I believe, it's run by the dude that used to run a Libertarian Future, and so, or at least he does a lot of the shit work. And I believe it's owned by people that had things to do with the Gary Johnson campaign. Yeah, there are some people that used to work there so, on, the, on the Gary Johnson campaign. I mean, when you Google Arvin Vora, it's like the first thing that comes up is your comments on pedophilia. Like, people, anybody that's considering voting for you would be like, oh my God, no. You know, like, you cannot be associated with that in politics. You just can't. 
it's it, there's there's more to thought than association, right? No, in politics, it doesn't really no, matter that, that, that how much. nuanced your argument it, is. They're going to think that this guy is a creep, <laughs> right off the bat. That it's a well with Ron Paul, the opponents to the libertarian movement. What they did was they went back to the '80s and said he was racist for, from some article that he wrote uh, or newsletters that somebody else wrote. Yes. Yeah. He would just, he would just yeah. sign his name on. But yeah. but that still stuck, and that even though it wasn't him. The other party. So you've actually written these. These are public things on your page. It, so let's, let's look. At, you're talking about like Ron Paul being called anti-Semitic. Is that the one? No, it was like straight up racist or something. No, it was something about it, it. Someone had written an article that was published in one of Ron Paul's newspapers, uh, and you could kind of tell that just by the language in the article, it wasn't as nuanced as Doctor Paul is when he writes things. Mm-hmm. And then I, it was something that it, it alluded to the inferior. I believe, if you know, correct me if I'm wrong. The inferiority of black people. Okay. So, um, did not kind of sound like Ron Paul, considering he. Yeah, he, he, it's, it's he, something that you never saw Ron Paul say out of his own mouth. You yeah. know. And but they it, still took it and ran with it, and well, they at, tried at the same, tried to slander his name. At the same time, I think the stuff. I, if I recall correctly, I think the stuff was like some questionable stuff, mm. um, and. You know, and and apparently, like he was doing a lot of stuff at that time. He just signed off on it, and it's like, and who who's to say too? If because uh, you know, I, I don't want to say his name because, um, but I've I've heard that um, it's I've heard that the person that. <laughs> I, All right. So, who are the suspects? So, I just mean, na- name the suspects. Okay, okay, I'll okay, name them okay. if okay. you don't so want to name them. So, the suspects that I know of are A. Lou Rockwell and B. Jeffrey Tucker and C. Murray Rothbard. <laughs> I would say Murray Rothbard deserves to be a suspect because he worked with Lou Rockwell on newsletters all during that time, and he wrote that article about right-wing populism and appealing to these kinds of people. And he had a sense of humor, whereas Lou Rockwell has no sense of humor, and there were a lot of jokes. So, I mean, Lou Rockwell and Jeffrey Tucker both know who wrote those newsletters. It's one of the great mysteries in the libertarian movement, and Ron Paul knows, I think, too. Somebody should come clean so we can stop talking about him. But nobody wants well, to fall on the sword and take responsibility. Well, first off, I mean, first off, <laughs> it wasn't him. But it was off, one of those three guys. Okay, well, I would, in my I would, opinion. I would say um, if it's Jeffrey Tucker... He's sure as fuck doesn't believe any of that shit now no. because it's the stuff that he says now. I mean, people just uh, a lot of people, the quote unquote right wing libertarians, you know, love to rag on Tucker for being a quote snowflake and <laughs> this and that. So, you know, he, he doesn't believe in any of that stuff now. It's like mm-hmm. he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't utter a word. And, you know, if, if it was something that he went for back then, but it's in some place he had a change of heart, like I wouldn't want it to come out that he wrote them. Because, like, you know, it, he would get crucified for it in the modern day and age, and he obviously doesn't believe in it now. It's like, who the fuck cares? No, you have to take the pressure off of Ron because, well, you had to do it. It would have really been helpful during Ron's campaign if somebody would have been like, that was me, not Ron. But nobody had the balls to do it during Ron's campaign. They just let Ron hang, you know, out to dangle. And Fox okay. News Hannity's out there going, ah, have you heard about these newsletters? You yeah, know, like Hannity yeah, hasn't said yeah, worse. I mean, here's <laughs> yeah, right. Here, here's the thing that I think a lot. You know, we're we're a growing movement, we're a growing party, and as we get past this fledgling phase, we're gonna have to understand one thing, which is politics. If people are gonna either ignore you or they're gonna go after you, it. Um, this is not a libertarian thing. Democrats, Republicans. They will, if you are important, if what you're doing matters, there are going to be hit pieces. There's going to be vitriol. They'll either make something up or they'll find something that doesn't matter. And the question is, are we mature enough? Are we strong enough? 
to actually stand by the issues that matter on every single point. And I believe that, that we are. I just think we need to get there and we need to not be so afraid of getting pushback. Pushback is politics. Yeah, because like, you I mean, have pushback in politics always. Because you know, because I feel like on on the other side of of Arvingate <laughs> is, is you know you've got these people in the LP that are saying you know oh well we need uh, marketable candidates blah 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 and it's like uh, duh we already tried that with fucking Bob Barr didn't work not only did we lose again but we got in we got out no decent message whatsoever we're talking about a guy who voted for in favor of the fucking Patriot Act. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Bob Barr, like Bob Barr, doesn't didn't have the like the libertarian like backbone. He was asked about legalizing drugs. He said he didn't want to. Yeah, and, I mean and, that's and, that's libertarian's one on one. And right? Bill yeah. Bill Weld was horrible on gun control to, to the point where like you know ninety nine percent of Republicans are better on gun control than than uh, <laughs> than Bill Weld. There, there's so, a happy true. medium between those kinds of non libertarian squishy guys and taking the pedophilia angle. You know, like there's a there's like a Ron Paul happy medium there where you can say controversial things but do it with tact, and you but know there's be a about- disingenuous tone when you keep saying pedophilia because I'm not it's not just you but like like was it, she's running for the governor of New Mexico yeah, or I mean, a lot of people are saying that I was quote advocating I, no. violence against children. No, you weren't. Me saying that somebody who's 14 or 15 or whatever, and the thing is, we're talking about things that are illegal in one state and illegal in others. I mean, to, to me, that's, if, like, if that doesn't tell you that this is just made up nonsense, I don't know what will. If the, if the magic age is literally not the same from one state to another, it's just made up nonsense. Well, like, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. And, 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 and totally, because this is a topic that, you know, like, that anytime I've thought about it, it's like, you know, I mean, even just to think about it, it's it's kind of absurd because people don't say it. it's not a comfortable topic. It's not a comfortable topic because people don't want to think about, like, like people don't want to think. There's two things people don't want to think about. They don't want to think about their kids having sex. And they don't want to think about their parents having sex. That's it. I mean, that's like no one wants to think about that. It's true. Don't think about that. They don't want to think about adults everybody, having sex with children. Everybody in this room's parents had sex. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> like we're here, oh. and all of us were just like, "Oh God, why is yeah. that?" You know? you know, like I remember going up to a pork fest in 2013, and I had to pee really fucking bad. And this is like fucking, I think it's like one or two o'clock in the morning or something, or you know, it's pretty late at night. And out in bumfuck, there's there's no all, all night gas stations, right? So, um, you know, I had to find a place to pee outside. So I remember we were driving by a school, and I'm like. Oh, school. Nobody's going to be out late at night. I could just go pee there. And then I was like, oh, right. I'll get busted for being a sex offender if a cop catches me. Right. You know? So, and that's absurd. If there's nobody at the school, it's just like you would, that's the place where you would think to go where you could take a piss and not disturb anybody because yeah, nobody's going to be there at two o'clock in the morning. Why don't you just pull over to the side of the road anywhere where it's dark? No. Well, well, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so I, I did. So I, I didn't do the school, you know, like what happened was, you know, we went behind like a, a convenience store and I just like walked around back because it, it was closed. Yeah. Or, like, well, a gas sex offender laws are ridiculous in America. They yeah. need to absolutely be changed. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point. Like we, we have like 17 year olds who are going to jail for child pornography against themselves yes yeah yes. He, and that's themselves. ridiculous yeah that's yeah. Abs- i like i yeah. like Germany's so, yeah, they're, they're taking platform. dick pics of their 17 year old self sending it to another minor and they're getting tried as an adult because they're so close to 18 <laughs> you know which is absurd yeah. i mean i would agree with you on that Dude, those that, those that, means, that position that means he, if 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 by that same account, if by that same account, if any of these kids' parents catch them masturbating, they have raped themselves. 
Yeah. That's well, essentially what that means. Or they viewed sexual or child pornography. Yeah. Or a child in a sexual act. I mean, if they walk in on their kid, would, you know, it, 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 would the parent be allowed to stop them? Because like, would they be? Would that be considered participatory? Like, <laughs> I who? definitely don't think there should be micromanaging of sex to that extent. It's, it's, it's but becoming absurd. I think the approach of what we need to address first. Like, yeah. if you pee out in public, you should not be labeled a sex offender because no. now people actually think you're a pedophile they hear sex offender <laughs> mm -hmm. and they think pedophile if you have sex in a car i found out well and i'm screwed then caught. because that was like just, the place to have sex in see, high school yeah i just see like everyone knows like i I, I, I don't agree with a lot of what the way you were saying things but i got the point to me i got the point of what you were saying and i feel like everyone's immediate jump was he thinks it's okay to rape six-year-olds, and that's not right. And just everyone's kind of taking this this stance where it's to the far extreme. Whereas if if these same people were engaged in a conversation where they said something that might have been a little racially insensitive, they would have been treated as oh you're a racist, you're a Nazi, and they all they would complain about that. Whereas I feel like they're doing the but same I'm, thing I'm, with I'm you. Frequently called a racist. Yeah, I, I don't all, all, like all like on on Facebook all the time because. Anytime I talk about getting rid of government schools or getting rid of welfare, the first thing that people start calling me is racist, neo-confederate, like anti-minority. I mean, I, I saw somebody post a thing that said Arvin Vora has more white privilege than white people. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Oh, dude, actually, like me and Tim Davis were talking about this. We we were, you you come up as because you're a topical person, and somehow we were like, what oh, ethnicity? We were both thinking, what ethnicity is Arvin Vora? Yeah, I mean, my parents are Indian. I mean, I, I was born in America, but they, they came from India. Cool. I mean, and so, so what, what, the, the, the reason that, that, that a lot of these things are happening is because in sales, there's like really two directions you can go in sales. And they're, and they're both valid. I'm not saying like one is good and one is bad. That's, and, and I'm, you know, hopefully that this won't get taken the wrong way. One debt direction in sales is you try to get sort of a brand loyalty by getting somebody to buy some small thing, right? Like, you know, buy this Ferrari T-shirt. And then maybe one day when you have for, uh, enough money for a Ferrari because you had the T-shirt to buy the Ferrari, and that's one way to do it, right? There's another way to do sales, which is, you know, also very common, which is you sell the big thing first. Like if you're selling a suit and a pair of socks, you sell the suit first, and then say, hey, you want me to wrap up these? These socks are also pretty nice, as opposed to you want to buy these socks. Do you want to also add a two thousand dollars suit to it? You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it, there's there, there's you, both. You hook the big fish and then you add everything yeah. on. And I think there's 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 definitely room for for both of those. To me, I believe in going for like the the complicated big things because I know that if I get somebody agreeing on government schools, they're also going to agree on FISA and they're also going to agree on all the other things. Um, but if I get somebody to agree on FISA, which they don't really know what it is or care, that doesn't mean they're going to agree on getting rid of government schools. You know what I mean? So that, there there are reasons that I go after the things that I think people will disagree with because those are the bigger pieces. That's the $2,000 suit. What's the, what's the big issue that you think could unify the party, and where do you think you stand as far as where that issue is? Unifying the party, I think, requires that, that people actually agree on all the at least minarchist goals, right? Mm -hmm. And I know Kyle's going to say this is not a minarchist goal, but I do believe that government has no place in education at all. And I think it's also a sacred cow. So it's like it's like a two thousand dollars suit, right? <laughs> and so if you we can get people to agree on getting government out of schools, we talk about homeschooling, we talk about unschooling, we talk about all these different options, right? If we can get people to agree that that has to go, 
they'll fall in line on the Patriot Act, they'll, they'll, they'll be behind us on the NSA and all that stuff that's, you know, a little bit not quite so incendiary. So I, w- I would say that, that to me is where I would focus as much of our focus as we possibly can. Kyle, what do you think about that? Well, minarchism, you know, doesn't include public education. I mean, minarchism is uh, police, courts, uh, prisons, armed forces. Uh, we argue about roads a lot. I add roads just because I don't want to. I don't want to bring up roads, but everybody knows we argue about roads. So it's really, it's really, it's really the law and order side of society. It's the these are the rules that you have to follow, and if you don't, you're going to be arrested and punished. And that's where I feel like you guys, the anarchist side, is trying to remove those constraints on behavior. And this would be a, an extension of that to say, oh, kids can, if they want to have sex, well, they can do it because they want to. Whereas more of an authoritarian like myself would be like, I don't care if they want to. I don't care if their parents want them to. Society's not going to allow that to take place because that's a child and we know what kind of damage it does. So it's actually the community is imposing its will on those individuals. And but, that's, but how, that's how law and order don't. works. We don't. That's, that's the thing. We don't know the kind of damage it does because the damage can be, if it's done poorly, it can be very damaging. Or in Matt's case, parents are not damaging at all. I mean, there's... That, that's the thing. Like, if, if somebody kills somebody, we yeah. can say, like, yeah, that was wrong. That damaged that person. If yeah. somebody beats the daylights out of somebody, if someone has, has you know, sex against somebody's will, like, that, that's very damaging. Is it true that this is damaging? I don't think that's true. I mean, I've heard so <coughs> many stories over the last few days. People have been, you know, people have been messaging me privately because they don't want to get, get slammed on social media mm-hmm. saying that, you know, this, these are the age that my grandparents were, and they were married for 50 years. So I don't think that that's a, that's a fair thing to say. How much liberty do you want to allow? I mean, if somebody wants to prostitute out their eight-year-old, you know, is that something that you are willing to accept? You know, I mean, society, the government, through the government, we say that's not allowed. We're going to take the child away. You know, we have um, CPS. They take the kid away from that parent because that parent's obviously not fit. So, you know, that's how that's how laws work. But I mean, you, where's your line? Do you have a line? Is there just is it just anything goes? You know, so how much a, is too much question. liberty? So that's, right? that's a good question. I mean, that, that, and, and you bring up a completely fair question. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to a lot of people about this for the last few weeks. A doctor from California called me up a couple days ago. He called me on, 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 uh, on the whatever numbers list on LP.org. And he was, he was like really adamant in calling me. He's like, there is a biological fact of the matter here. He's, and, and, and this is his view. And I think, I think it needs tweaking. I think this is an issue that needs to be discussed, by the way. I don't think it's an issue where I have all the answers right this second. But what he said was, and I thought was interesting, was why do we need to have a legal discussion on this when there's a biological fact of the matter? You can have sex when you can have sex, and you can have sex after you've gone through puberty. And before you've gone through puberty, you can't really have sex. And so he was like, if you can consent, you can do it when you can. Well, that's the other thing they argue about is when can a child actually consent? And then we get into this, well, a 14-year-old knows the difference between yes and no, but do they really know the difference between sex and not sex? Are they mentally mature enough? Mentally mature enough. So we try to figure out the age of consent, whereas I take the position, like, again, it doesn't matter what that teenager wants to do. Society says, no, you're not allowed to do that. And there's all kinds of things that people might want to do where we say, no, that's not allowed. That's not good. A 13-year-old's concept of human sexuality is a much different than a person who's 21, 25. Oh, you get more freedom as you get older. Um, the, the biological brain continues to develop until age 25. 
So if we're going to go in that way, we can say nobody should be able to consent until they're 25. And that's not really going with modern cultural norms. No, no. I mean, I think we've settled on 16 for the most part in most states. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I get it. I get it in theory. I completely understand where you're, where you're going. And I think those are, th- unf- those are things that are going to only change when society changes. It's not even going to be laws. It's going to be, you know, if you want to change society, you have to change its morality. Well, and it's, society once they stop seeing that as a moral issue is when it'll go away. One of the uh, one of the things that I think is is I think it's critical for us to to look at this as as what are the ways in which we can creatively approach this. You know, what are the ways that you know if we're going to be so squeamish that we are not going to talk about this at all. I mean, I don't know. That's not even not libertarian. That's just, just I don't know, not even – that's, like, b- beneath my minimum standards of just, like, intellect to, like, not discuss the thing. You know what I mean? And so the – you know, to, to go back to your question, you know, how how old is the right age? I think there's a lot of ways to look at it, and we have so much of history to study from. We have times where in the Roman Empire, parents would be like, yeah, this person seems about ready. How do they know? Because they know because they're the parents. What happens now? You bring up a question. What happens if you have, and these and these parents do exist. Mm-hmm. What happens when you have parents that that you know are just abusers? abusers. Let's just say they're Let's abusers. Just say they're abusers, yeah. right? Yeah. What do you have over there? And that's where we have to start to like really question: Are there ways we could do it? What we're doing right now, which has gotten so far out of hand, is nuts. What we have right now is not an okay way to deal with this issue. What we have right now when you have people, when you have teenagers, you know, getting put on sex offenders registries for taking a picture of themselves, when you have... Well, there's a difference between that and then, you know, the real abusers. You know, yeah. you're, you're like, oh, well, okay, an 18-year-old's life getting ruined because he hooked up with a 16-year-old. Yeah, I agree. That's ridiculous. But some of these laws, I think, make a lot of sense. You know, I don't want a 45-year-old man to be meeting a 13-year-old on the Internet and, and you know, tricking her into sex. Yeah, and I don't want that either because I think it's why we need rules. That, that's why I think it's – but that's like, again, that's like my personal <clears throat> taste, right? In my personal taste, yeah, that's a little weird to me. That's, that's not like a thing that I'm yeah. super comfortable with, right? But there's a difference between my personal comfort and saying, you know, let's say that 13-year-old is a man, a, a boy, right? Let's say that 13-year-old has a job, has a business, is successful. Let's say that 13-year-old has studied these, has read a lot about this, has studied things, has discussed this with, you know, counselors and parents. Let's say that 13-year-old... Let's say, let's let's say he really was fucking... He was fucking... What if it was like fucking Doogie Hauser? you're yeah, saying? So, so, yeah. yeah. So, like, let, let's say, right? So, it let's say... MPT so, so, let's say you have that 13-year-old and he's like, yeah, you know, this, this 25-year-old, I'm, like, real attracted to her and I'm rich and I want to go out with her. What what right do we have to say, no, you can't? Like, And, and, that, and that's that Murray Rothbard idea of homesteading that says if you can act like an adult if you can do adult things in the rest of your life yeah you're an adult you know how many 13 year olds think that they're adults though that and but, they're not but not not thinking they don't they, they i'm talking about demonstrating i'm talking all? about demonstrating though. i'm talking about a 13 year old that's actually that's too many factors living on though. on their let, let me ask you guys this let me ask you if you guys would go with the Chappelle law right the Chappelle rule <laughs> which is if you are old enough to be tried as an adult for a crime all right if you're old enough to be tried by the state as an adult, whatever that minimum age we say is, because you hear you're like, oh my God, this, four, this 15-year-old, this 14-year-old, this 13-year-old is tried as an adult. If you're old enough to be tried as an adult, that age, whatever that age may be, would you guys be okay with saying that's an age of consent that we're okay with? If you're old enough to go to jail 
you're old enough to consent. So currently, what, 16? It varies. You have 15-year-olds that are going to jail for life. It depends upon your crime, too. Yeah. Whether or not they can try you as an adult. Yeah, so whatever the minimum so age that, for that any crime. Yeah, so as if, well. If, I don't know. I think I th- honestly think that the way to get people to look at sex and sex laws differently is to start treating with the reason for sex laws is they're so scared of pedophiles mm-hmm. and immediately you're a sex offender, you're a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So we need to change the view of pedophiles. You not every pedophile is an offender. It's a mental illness. There's a reason that they're pedophiles and they need help not to be murdered. Once you get people to change their view on that, then I think they can come around a little easier to the other sex questions and the other sex problems. Right now, you hear, oh, a 45-year-old should be able to have sex with a 13-year-old that's mentally cognizant. You're going to get mothers and fathers from all across America who are like, well, fuck you. No, that's not okay. And they're not going to open up their mind and look at the other options. We just have to stop. America needs to change their views on sex completely because we're doing it all wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I've had so many clients come, you know, I, I'm a massage therapist and I've had British clients specifically who come in and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to leave the room so you can get undressed. And they're like, well, what are you going to be like offended or moral? Like what's your moral stance? I'm like, well, it's just my profession. Legally, I'm not allowed to be in the room while you're undressing. And like, I have this sheet and da da da. And they're like, you Americans, you're so worried about uh, like, what is that? Uh, Fuck words. I, I think the word you're looking for is wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- modesty. Modesty. Thank you. It's the Puritan she culture. was like, you sell sex. You sell all this sex and you're so worried about modesty everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, but I would say, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be easier to, to, um, to try to um, redefine what's considered a sex offense first? Yes. And then, I think yeah, that's and, the and approach then, that then, we should be taking. And then, w- you know, whittle out you know the the pedophiles that have acted and the pedophiles that haven't. So the ones Absolutely. that haven't acted can get help, and the ones that have acted should be held accountable. <coughs> held accountable, along with getting help and being studied. There's a lot of stories of pedophiles out there who will be turned away by therapists when they go, "Hey, I realize I'm a pedophile. I need help," and the therapists are like, "We're not working with you." Because it's they, so yeah, they, hard for them to get help because of that social stigma. I well, think it's, it's also important. Go ahead. We hypersexualize things too. Everything oh, becomes hypersexualized. Everything becomes, you know, something underlying. It's the reason why when people for like I'm I grew up born again Christian. So mm-hmm. when it when it when it comes to I remember, uh, he, you know, s- certain pastors praying with the congregation about how the boy you know the uh, Boy Scouts were under an, <laughs> under an assault by the gays. <laughs> where it, yeah yeah where, where where even at that age i knew that you can't conflate someone's sexual preference to pedophilia i mean a gay man is attracted to other men mm-hmm. he's not attracted to children mm-hmm. anybody that's attracted to a child is a pedophile mm-hmm. i mean it's not always something they're going to act on right and there's actually which we were just talking about this thing there was a there's this thing called the virtuous pedophiles that this guy started yeah uh he was uh, molested as a kid um he's deformed he's missing part of an arm i mean he's he looks like i mean and he he god knows he knows it too he looks like a pedophile he looks like everything that is a pedophile and he's just said i've never acted on this i've never I've never owned child porn, you know, kitty porn. I've never owned anything like that. He goes, I knew that as I was growing up, as I'm hitting certain ages, my 
attraction hadn't been changing and I didn't know what the hell was going on mm-hmm. until the point where he's almost entirely 100% isolated. He, you know, he's like, I, I'm born again Christian. He's, I know that what my feelings are wrong, that the, this is, this is, I am the most hated person in America. He said, it doesn't matter whether I'm white, whether I'm white, black, you know, gay, he's like, you know, straight, he goes, not, doesn't matter. He goes, I am a pedophile, I'm attracted to children. And I think one of the things that I've been seeing, been seeing a lot has been, has been people overusing the word pedophile because yes. it means something yeah. specific. Mm-hmm. I remember, and this was a long time ago when I was a kid, I read an article about Jerry Seinfeld and he was going out with somebody who was 18 at the time and people were calling him a pedophile and I'm like, well, that's... Not what that word means. Like an eight-year, if you're, if he was going out with an eight-year-old, I'd be like, yeah, that's messed up. But it, there, there is, there is like such a, and 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 there's a. This is this is not really a libertarian issue right now. This is a cultural issue. That in America, a lot of sex has become just like a default, assumed to be, and often acted as just predatory. And so, if we think of sex as like kind of like a type of hunting, most dangerous game type situation, then yeah, the number one thing you need to be thinking about is is there a power difference? And a lot of the times when when people have been you know getting really really angry, they've been using words and I, words that I'd honestly never heard before. I mean, I've, I've had my vocabulary expanded a little bit over this week. One of the words that people have been using, I looked it up, and it means people who are attracted to people between the ages of fifteen and nineteen. But that's legal in just every, I mean, that's already legal. You, you know what I mean? So so using such aggressive medicalized words <laughs> for just legal behavior is it's to me it's it's indicating that there is an emotional trigger issue happening. And I do believe that that's coming from, and, and again, this is not a law thing, but a problematic view of sex as something that needs to be predatory. And I, don't, I don't think that's a healthy view. I don't think it's a, it's a sane view. I don't, no. I, don't, I don't think we need to have that view as a society. I think there's an interesting correlation between uh, how, um, if you look at how a lot of you know, porn, for example, is, is at least portrayed as being extremely violent where they or not say violent or whatever even though you know all people participating in this mm-hmm. are consenting to participate in, in mm-hmm. these things it even it, when it when they're trying to give up with this fake scenario or, or a lot of things or in certain mm-hmm. instances where it looks it's coming out as very violent or very domineering or whatever and then you look at how men are in society right now with Men are not very masculine anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Men are not very, very masculine anymore. Wait a minute. I've heard too much about toxic masculinity. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, no. I'm talking about. To- I'm talking about toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity is one thing. He's I'm talking saying, about the feminization uh, of men. Oh uh, yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, and I don't mean. And I'm. I'm not talking about like, you know. I'm not talking about toxic masculinity. You're talking about people like oh, like what all like the crazy dudes into MMA wearing affliction shirts and shit. Like the guys who listen to Creed, <laughs> like Dad Rock. <laughs> it's just all butt, butt rock. <laughs> but I think I'm oh, sorry, Carl. You go. No, 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 go for it. Man. Well, oh. I was just gonna say that if like people just want to go to the the farthest argument against this, and like what you're saying makes sense in a sense. I don't agree with it, but. I think it's more of like because what we we like we like to say is like as libertarians kind of like in the Rothbardian sense like it's family decides this not state because the state also says well we own you so we'll send you away at eighteen what makes a difference when they draft someone at eighteen point one as opposed to seventeen point nine what's the difference mm-hmm. and I think the line is drawn and I don't agree with it per se in that sense so why should I agree with it in the terms of that strict sense. When it comes to sex, and personally as a father, 
I I don't want my kids. I have boy and I have boy and two girls, and like I don't want them having sex at all. I feel like it's it, personally it's, it's a waste of time, it's a waste of energy and effort, and they could be better spent per, being productive somewhere else in society. And I know that's maybe naive of me to think that they never will, or which is not what I'm saying, but I, I know it may come across that way. But I think it's it should be determined by family and as and as a cultural thing, and you know, for lack of a better word, society, you know, should be determining these things, not politicians in Washington or, you know, or, yeah. or at the state capitol. Well, we've also it, had a breakdown of, of, of the family unit in general. That's my core point. And I don't mean the family unit in any sense of the, you know, the mom and the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, the yeah. sense of just like you, yeah. of a core family unit in general. Um, it's We've moved away from that. We've looked more for social media and things of like – of educating and culturizing people whereas this is why you get toxic pe- people that are i would call toxic culture mm-hmm. i mean it's all toxic culture they don't know anything but what they just immediately feed off of they don't go- i mean if it doesn't turn on they don't know how to use it <laughs> right it's the truth i think with families deciding uh i've heard from ancaps a lot of times we've been talking about this issue online some of them are like okay well nothing's stopping me from bashing the guy's head in or castrating him or you know doing whatever if he touches my kids so you see like the extreme hard reaction from some people well, uh and then again other people might decide oh i'll you know let my kid get molested whatever so you can, I mean, you could have families that are too loose or that are too extreme and to, that resort to cruel and unusual punishment just because that's what they think. That's their opinion on the matter. The, go, go ahead. There's a few um, recent events where a mother has been caught pimping out her daughter. Um, a, a mother and then a few other parents and people people do that. And then you have the house of horrors of the 13 kids who were kept in the base. It was awful. It was terrible. Did you want to defend that, Arvin? Absolutely not. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. But right. how, how as a society do we deal with that? I mean, we have law and we still have Mag- to deal with it. What do we do? You know, where is society's responsibility for dealing with all of these kids who are now going to have mental and emotional problems for the rest so, of their so life? There, there's, a, there's a thing that I've often seen. This, this is me working in education. I often see that when people go from government schools to home schools, for the first few months, they just kind of screw it up because they're just—they're not used to taking that kind of responsibility. The parents aren't used to taking it. The kids aren't used to taking it. And then over time, they're like, oh, this is my responsibility now. And they start becoming engaged. They start researching things. They're like, oh, I could do it this way or I could do it this way. You know, they get really excited. They'll call me up be like, hey, what do you think about if I do it like this? And I'm like, I don't know. That sounds cool. Let's try it out. But that, that, that comes from – that's a different way of looking at it, right? It's not like what can I get away with. It's like now this is me. This is an extension <laughs> of my personality. This education I'm doing is not a mold I'm being fit into. It's something I'm creating. Well, then you have the other aspect where I actually for two years of my life was homeschooled by my evil stepmother, as I would like to say. Uh, she is a child psychologist, and she used her knowledge to abuse me and my younger brother, along with her other kids, but my brother and I mostly. And going from public school to being homeschooled by her was the most torturous thing in the world. And I can understand why people are so terrified of allowing other people to homeschool because of situations such as that, where the parent is abusive and controlling and and, and like the 
two parents who had their children chained up in their basement. Yeah. I mean, one of their children was 29 years old, and they couldn't get out of the house. Like, they thought they, she was like 10 or 13 yeah, when she was rescued from the malnourished she yeah. was. Unbelievable. And it's disgusting. So I can understand where the fear comes from, and from personally experiencing it, it, it was scary. But if I ever had children, I would homeschool them because I don't like the public schools at all. I mean, I can see about... Um, I can see how this is a thing that it's a way to push uh, the family to try be to be a little more involved in in you know the kids' lives because if you really think about it, that's one thing that you're seeing a massive lack of. Yeah. Um, but then again, one size doesn't fit all. No, Not everything works no. for Completely everybody. Agree. I, I mean, no. there's definitely some kids that aren't for schooling. Like they're just it's just not no. for them. And instead, and it's funny because I've been dealing with this uh, people I'm close to where. They're going through this decision like they're giving their kids like Ritalin and stuff because they have ADD. So they're trying to give their kids pills to form to this schooling apparatus Mm -hmm. as opposed to changing the schooling apparatus yeah. to, to their fit kid. the kid yeah and, I, and it that, sucks that's like it's... taking a pill if like the restaurant food is disgusting you're like oh sorry it's like if you go to a restaurant the food is disgusting they're like here take this pill and you'll like it. i mean like no go to a different restaurant yeah and so that's how and like i said like i'm and so kind of the things like i'm i'm i disagree with you in a sense well not disagree i just in the manner of which you say it when it's like i got caught between this gray area of having a kids and I went to I went to uh, private school my entire life, so that's what my main goal has been getting into private school. But due to financial situations, we had kids, we could afford them, but we don't know if we can send all of them to private school right now. So mm-hmm. we're going to you know they're going to pri- uh, public schooling, and I got kind of caught between that 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 age of like you know like I, now I'm like I wish we could homeschool. I wish I could afford to with the mortgage bills. Mm-hmm. I could afford you know my wife. We both agree we wish we could homeschool, but it's just it can't right now. And eventually, you want to put them in private school, and but it's too expensive. It's, it's too expensive. But I mean, there may be a time where we can afford it. But it's it's kind of we're kind of caught in that gray area. And so it's like, I wish we weren't forced to go to school. Like I wish yeah. there was something. You know, I, I wish that wasn't that happening. And I wish I wouldn't be put in this situation where because like I understand it kind of from what you say about it. It's kind of you're calling you call it welfare for the middle class. Yeah. I do. And so I, and in some ways, like I said, I look at it, I kind of self reflect. I'm like, it is. It kind of creates a moral hazard. It's you. You sent to the mother and the father get a job, and they make all this money to get a big house, and they don't think about well, well, if because they kind of they kind of think like, well, I don't need to worry about education because that's free from the state. That's that's free. I don't have to I don't have to pay for that. So I can go ahead and do these other things and just let someone be my babysitter for a few years, you know, kind of thing where it's they're not as involved in their kid's life. But I I kind of disagree with it in the sense because it's forced on us. Mm-hmm. Compulsory schooling is forced on me. Like mm-hmm. I had no choice. I, if yeah, compulsory anything. Yeah, exactly. It would and be my nice mom... if the school system had more competition and it wasn't exactly. government controlled and you didn't get arrested for going to a school in a different fucking district. Like that's stupid. We need to change that. We you just have to whittle away at all of yeah, the. I, I don't like the idea of being called a welfare whore because I'm caught, <laughs> it, it caught having, in the middle you know, in the of middle having of to this, send your this, children this, to public this revelation school. Yeah. Of after having kids, you know, being. You know, everyone's fed that that lie. Like, oh yeah, silence, welfare horror. My mom, my mom. <laughs> I mean, education is important to the human mind and to to being in society, and that's a responsibility as a parent. Is you are raising your child to be able to function properly in the rest of the world. And there's some things in your control, and there's some things out of your control. What's in your control is teaching your kid how to read. Mm-hmm. People don't have time for that, so society created a way to do it, and it was public schooling, and they did it horribly, but at least it was something. Yeah, but like, and people, I I can't tell you how many liberal friends are constantly happy. Oh, I'm I'm glad to pay my taxes oh, I hate that. I hate for public argument. school. 
but they think they're doing it out of the good of their heart. Yeah, but the problem is they're also glad to pay my taxes for that. That's true, <laughs> and that's where I disagree. Either I don't people, single people like in Pennsylvania they have really low taxes, but their state tax or, or something is for it's like it's not really a tax. I don't think I, I wish I knew more about the circumstances circumstances of it, but they pay a shitload more than we do for public schooling, and it's in. You don't even have a kid, and they make you pay this, and it's just like that sucks. It's like, you know, you see the unfairness of it at that point. Well, they think I of think it as an equal society. Tax. You know, the what is it? Um, a village. It takes a village to raise a child, yeah. in the sense yeah. of you need more than one no, viewpoint to to raise kids. Can I, can I say kids? something to the folks watching? Okay, because because there's I mean, there's something that you bring up, and I hear it so much, which is there. It's like I can't homeschool right now. And I get that 100%. And so what I recommend, this is me speaking as Arvin the Educator, not, not Arvin, you know, LNC Vice Chair for now. <laughs> do, it once a, do it once a week. Pick Saturday, pick Sunday. It doesn't have to be. It's not, homeschooling is not eight hours a day, by the way. Homeschooling is like two or three or four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Pick just one day, and it's going to suck at first. But after it sucks, it's going to be amazing. And the thing is, once you can do it one week, I mean, once a week, you can start doing it twice a week, and then it's just you just start to transition out of that thing, and it's I mean the the experience is incredible, and I work with so many people who are you know both parents are working and they're like, man, how are we going to do this? And I'm just just do a little bit, just a tiny, do some gradualism the way of so many people like a little bit of gradualism here. You know? And I, I agree, and I, I do that. I like I like random stuff like I like teaching my kids new words. Like I'll hear like a like nice, something and just nice. I like teach them new words like. The word nice. like I don't know, just anything like word of the day type of thing. Super I'm like, you know the- <laughs> Not like that. ABCDs uh, nuts. But like, I-, I wish I could on air. I wish I could t- tell you the certain circumstances I'm going through. But it's just like right now. It's just it's really hard right now, and it, and it would almost be impossible at this point. And it's a lot of stuff to put on like my wife because I work. My wife stays home with the kids. But yeah, listen so- to music with your kids. I, like, I do that too. Like, I like, to once they get to a certain age and and they're starting to like comprehend yeah. a lot of stuff, I love teaching my kids new things like math my cousin, and my cousin at, like, and I do baby places. dances together. Like I love like we were, like I just love like teaching them stuff and like learning stuff and them getting it from me first because I know how it's gonna look where that dynamic is where kids grow up and think oh well the state the government the teacher teacher works for the government government knows best. I want them to look at me and everyone looks at their dad like oh he's so stupid he doesn't know anything or oh their mom <laughs> is just like oh god she's whatever she lives in the past and. So I kind of want them to get their education, remember their education through me first, like I, I you know, like yeah. stuff I know. Cause That's I, a great way to I'm approach not, it. I'm yeah. not really, I'm not really like the smartest guy, but I know a lot about like geography and history and everything else like that. What so, was that movie with Viggo Mortensen where he homeschools his kids? Uh, did, did, uh, I'm yeah, gonna find go that out. I'm gonna find that because there's one like awesome scene in there where it's where. Um, his like brother-in-law or sister are there and they're saying like you know you need to socialize these kids more da 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 you know they need you know they don't know how to they don't know how to you know function as normal normal humans now and they're so used to living in the woods so he calls out this he calls it these you know their kids and he says hey what's the uh what's the second amendment what's the third amendment what's the second amendment he calls his daughter and asks her she rattles on, on and on, and she can quote court cases. She can do all these different things. He says, "You tell me who's more educated. Your yeah. kids are mine. Right? It all depends on how on how you present but it." But the social side of it, I can understand because Absolutely. there are those who are homeschooled. I have a friend who was homeschooled in the middle of nowhere, Texas. 
and they didn't get any socialization. She hated homeschooling because of that, and she yeah. thought it was a bad idea. But then you have those parents who actively get their children out and take them to tutoring, and they're they're in Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, all the Bowie Boys and Girls yeah. Club stuff. Yeah. Like they're active, so it's it's uh, it's a double edged sword yeah. when it comes there, down to a, it. It really major, is. Um, there's a major downside, I think, in having and sort of relying on the state to set social norms because they do it in a way that's weird. And this is something Absolutely. I've seen a lot this yeah. week. So many people have been saying, "Listen, I think it's fine for my 13 or 14 year old, you know, son or daughter to have sex with other 13 or 14 year olds." I'm like, "Why do you think that's fine? Like, what?" What parenting philosophy are you coming from? You're not going to tell my cousin, girlfriend, sister, <laughs> aunt what to do. My cousin, girlfriend, sister, aunt is... Yeah, God damn it. But I'm saying is... And that's, that's why I think, like, like, like I mean, I think there, there should be parental guidance in socialization, in, in sex, certainly. There should be somebody saying, listen, I know that, you know, if... If a parent can say, like, I know that you legally can have sex, and I know that you physically can have sex, but let me maybe share some of, you know, not a not a repulsive way, some of my experience that maybe for the here's some of the God, reasons don't have sex. Yeah, well, I mean, here's some reasons. Parenting needs to, to change itself. Yeah. People yeah. don't know how to parent, and as we evolve no, as humans, don't. we're learning how to do things better. Oof. We're constantly learning, and no one really. I mean, we're not born with books. Like, you can't. You just don't have a baby and it comes out and you're like, oh, okay, I know how to do everything. Mm -hmm. You have this freak out moment where you're like, uh, <laughs> when do you poop? When do you pee? Like, what's going on? And we've had to figure it out slowly. And I think now we're at the time in society where we need to start addressing how to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. And people don't do that. People go, well, I'm a good parent. I know what's best for my children. I know that hitting them is okay. And that's, I was hit and I was fine. Like, go fuck yourself. You're mm -hmm. not okay because you clearly can't be open-minded to other things and other ways of parenting. And we, I think we really need to address and teach how to parent yeah, properly from what we've learned over yeah. the tons of studies and years. And I could write an article I, about uh, it. Right? Like, I, don't, I don't think people realize, never the answer I don't to think any people question. realize why like, it's important to kind of watch how our generation raises kids now. It's Absolutely. Because we're the one, we're the, going to be the last ones that remember what it was like to like you know go out and play outside right you know when do you when do you go home when the street lights came, came on, on yeah <laughs> <laughs> no joke where, where, where the hell was everybody i don't know but i'll look for the whole pile of bikes outside the front of somebody's house and that's where all my friends right? are like see, well, socialization I, has completely true. changed now and that's true what you're and saying it, yeah it I, doesn't mean that socialization's changed for the worse either it's just evolving to yeah, be different exactly. than what it yeah, used to point. be yeah. it's becoming much more artificial though well, th well, but that's what you might think i mean we don't see the good parts of it you know there's there are good parts to being able to always have someone to talk to or being able to oh, find where you are to know that oh, your yeah. kid wasn't killed by jack the ripper because <laughs> They yeah. texted you and they said, "Oh, I got stuck over yeah. here." You know, like it, it, it's <laughs> yeah. it's Don't interesting. Worry. There's pros and cons to everything. Back in 1899, <laughs> shoot you quick text. <laughs> well, no, I think there's a lot of things going on. I call it resentful parenting, where I think in society and in cult and like pop culture, like you see this in movies now, where it's the fun thing to to bash being a parent, like and like to bash like, "Oh, I hate my kids. My kids a fucking asshole" or something. Like you see so much of that stuff online, and I I resent it so much because like I'm like. Well, you know, your kid one day might be able to read this. Like that's the that's the beauty of this technology, and I think it's just so much in any like bad moms you like or just anything like that you see like in movies or something like that. Like they like they make it seem like 
I hate kids are evil and and I understand the commiserating between parents you know you go through things and I understand that but there's also this public resentfulness that that parents I see these days are going through and I think it's all relative to what we're talking about they're blaming, with, they're blaming their kids for they're blaming their kids for the fact that in a lot of cases a lot of parents did not have any concept of sex education Oh, God, and no. these kids were basically thrust upon them. And what they did was they did the adult thing, and they decided, you know what, I'm going to have this kid. And now they don't know what the fuck to do. You know, because they to, haven't to grown up themselves yet. You were yet. saying about how uh, parents hate their kids. There is a new horror movie coming out with um, Nicolas Cage, and it's oh, called God. Mom and Dad. And basically, <laughs> for 24 hours, moms and dads all over are trying to kill their children and the trailer is actually kind of fucking hilarious wow. i'm gonna go wow. see it because okay I'm a so fan, like what is this called what what is this movie called mom and dad moms and dads okay. or something like that it comes wow. out in february like in a few weeks yeah that sounds fucking Paul crazy Nicolas cage is gonna be an awesome movie <laughs> <laughs> he actually there's a couple of funny parts in the we in the trailer what uh where are we at now? I think yeah, we, we've we're, almost we're, gotten we item one. We never hit any of yeah, those okay. yeah, topics. We knew this was just so that you know. Down. Oh shit. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> so I guess. Um, okay, so did, did yeah. we want to talk about the women's march? What? Did we want to talk about the women's march? Mm, we should talk about Tide Pods. Okay, Tide Pods. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, so we'll leave we'll leave it up to the woman because we believe in empowering the woman. And she says, "Skip the women's march." <laughs> and, and, and we're I actually <laughs> attended the original one. It was really cool. It was it was quite. Did quite you wear a lot the pink hat? No, I didn't. I didn't even know there was a pink hat. I got stuck at the metro for you several went with the hours. Full body, full body costume. Totally, I was a vagina. <laughs> I, I did I did like the piles and piles of sign trash that yeah, was left. Yeah. Oh, Shouldn't we be talking about the government shutdown? Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah so <laughs> Just yeah, to, like, make a point real quick. Okay, right, 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 right. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, so the, the government is shut down, you know? Woohoo! Um, yeah, and then it, it's funny because, like, everybody was uh, marking themselves today for the, 2018 <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the 2018 government shutdown. And, you know, I actually posted... Um, you know, guys, it's it's probably like a million times more pertinent to wait to mark yourself safe after the government reopens. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I, yes. I, I think that's when you really have to worry. Yeah. That, look, look at the antics they're doing, right? I mean, you see this every time. They've run out of money for things. Now, listen, I'm no big supporter of the military. I think that, that joining the military <laughs> wait, right wait, now. What? Really? <laughs> really? I, I think joining the military no. is a bad <laughs> idea. I, I think the military policy is a bad idea. That said, I don't think slavery is a better idea. And right, right. now we basically are saying that, yeah, you're going to stay deployed and maybe we'll pay you in a few months. And, you know, hopefully your landlord will be cool with, like, you know, waiting a few months for, you know, your wife and kids. I mean, there there are I, – I think I think firing everyone in the military and saying, like, you know, find a different job, I'm 100 percent behind that. But this is not that. You can't find other jobs firing in Iraq. Every, firing There's not, every, like, a lot of other jobs to get in Afghanistan. No, but firing everybody in the military – is a good way to get the person who suggests that killed <laughs> because there's a whole lot of people who know how to hide. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea. I think it's kind of... They should just be... Congress shouldn't be getting paid. I think the military should still be getting paid. But my point is, like, is like you see, they're, they're, they're cutting down things that are just... That are... That are so that aren't them. That are, no, it's not just not them. It's like those are the most. You know, Thomas Sowell wrote this thing where he said, "Let's say you had a government department who had two jobs: giving life-saving medicines to kids and putting up statues of Benedict Arnold." And they got a fifty percent budget cut. What would they do? And he argues that they would just cut the life-saving medicine, keep with the stupid statues, because that would get their budget cut, their budget back. And that's what the government is doing For right Benedict now. Benedict Arnold. 
Yeah, he, he was saying like right. yeah before and before any like and I'm saying this is like a history is a history major person who like I love revolutionary history. That guy's statue should be taken down. Otherwise, it should be put in some place where he has become like you know the butt of the joke because the guy's a traitor. Yeah, no, but that's what he was shouldn't saying. He was saying, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that that's what what Sol was saying. He was saying if you took like the most unpopular guy in history, if a, if a department had to either put up statues oh, I of thought that this was guy, real because you know what? It oh no, no, no like it's, it's, it could it's, be real. <laughs> yeah, knowing this government, but probably. but I mean that's what the government's doing. It's shutting Huge. down the things that we want, but. War on drugs still going on. They're still they can't get visas for for workers to come to work, but they can still keep people out. They still have all the money to keep people out from working. They just don't have the money to give them visas. They have the money to keep on with every nuisance that we hate, and all the things that they're they're cutting things in the way that is the most maddening and unfair and annoying. And so what I say is, listen, let's get rid of all these departments now. We don't let's let's sell off government's assets. Let's you know fire off most federal workers. Let them find other jobs. Not like let's keep them you, that thing you can't find another job because that's wrong. Let's say yeah, you're you're free to find another job, do whatever you like, and let's keep it going. There, I mean, let's let, let let this be a lesson that we can function just fine without. It would seem like government. that being the platform. Who's going to vote for you in this area? You to really think about like say 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 if you ran on that platform, which I'm not saying I disagree or agree with it one way or the other, but like considering the large populace of oh, yeah. government workers, military contractors, mm-hmm. and military, like how in how, the state how do, of Maryland alone in the state of yeah, <laughs> it's like, like three hundred thousand. Yeah, like I mean, like how do that. you how do you express that type of message where they get like that? They're like, how are you going to explain to people that are happily being paid copious good money? And they and and you know I know quite a few of them and like they do work hard and they in a lot of ways they feel they are doing something that's good like from an intel side anyway. I don't know, man. You can't. It's hard to convince those people that they're not needed. You have to come at it from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, Here's here's the thing that a lot of people don't know about me. Both my parents were civil servants. My dad worked for the federal government. My mom worked for the state government. And then they later left. They both left and became entrepreneurs. Right. While they were working for the government, would they have voted for the Yeah, probably not. But my goal isn't just to like trick people out of their votes, right? Yeah. Like my goal in politics is I want I want people to see this other thing. So the question is, will they vote while they're still stuck in this thing? I assume not. D- D- but, Arvin, what yeah. do your parents think of you now? You, I mean, like, I think like, they like me just like, fine. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 would they vote for you? I think they're gonna vote for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck yeah, yeah, dude. How do they react to your Facebook post? <laughs> I only my mom really sees the Facebook. I don't think, I don't she do a like. I don't think she knows how to, to be uh, honest. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 watches the video. She'll probably watch watch this video. Wrong. <laughs> but um, so so here's the thing. Will. Will they support right now? No, because we haven't done anything for them. But what if they're like, you know, there's a, there's a day maybe the government shut down and they're saying, you know, if I was going to start a business, maybe I'd start, you know, this type of business. And they're like, you know, that asshole's always talking about it. Maybe I'll just give it a shot. After that conversion, then try to make them not vote for me. After we help them change, after we help that conversion happen, and I've seen that conversion happen. I've seen it with my parents. I've seen it with friends. I have talked many people out of either going down the government path or leaving it once there. And if you want loyalty, loyalty comes from helping a person first, not like lying at them so that they give you their vote without understanding what they're doing. I mean, that to me is the real predatoriness. I mean, that's being a vote predator saying, I'm going to trick you out of your vote while you don't really understand what you're doing. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, there's also the, the predatoriness of, 
you know, saying uh, children can't open up a lemonade stand. Yeah. Without a license. Nobody's going to get a fucking license. You know, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. They're like, you know, stopping Kyle stopping will. kids from being an entrepreneur. <laughs> stopping kids from being an entrepreneur. I support that. You know? Because, uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to work. Um, my, my cousin was like, he was like fucking, I don't know, like seven or eight, nine years older than me. And he actually owned his own comic book shop, mm-hmm. right? And when I was like 10 years old, I would go down there. And it was probably, maybe it was illegal. I don't know, maybe it wasn't because it was my cousin's comic book shop. But, you know, I, I would work down there, and it, it was really cool. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's all these laws, like, stopping kids from being entrepreneurs, and not only stopping kids, stopping adults from being entrepreneurs with all these fucking not. licenses, dude. And then Stavlopagus over here, you know, <laughs> like, you're dealing with that with, with the, uh, you're dealing with that in, uh, the, the you're trying to become a stylist, correct? No, hold on, let's see, like, when I'm talking about... I, I can relate to that whole thing about starting a uh, like starting up a company. Like when I was a, when I was a little kid, you know, when we wanted to make money, we had to figure out how are we going to get money. So we decided, you know what? You take you know, your dad's got a lawnmower, your dad's got some rakes. Everybody's like parents or whatever had some shit. We didn't tell our parents we were borrowing it. <laughs> we all just took that shit and we just started knocking on people's doors. Hey, you want want us to mow your lawn? We didn't know whether that was like exploiting ourselves or not. It probably was like, you know, five kids. No, mo- no, 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 you no, were, no, you no, were like, trying no, to make money to buy Unless candy. Unless you're Ryan Ryan. Like, no. <laughs> not at all. You five know, kids, five kids, $20 between $20 between five kids is pretty, you know, probably exploiting. But thing is, we didn't care because it felt good like we were doing something. But see, that's what yeah. these licensing do. I mean, you're, there's you're no more pride and hard work. When they can't work before they're 14 without a permit or whatever, 13, it's like you're just, you're crushing their their entrepreneurial spirit of itself. Maybe not, like, so it's just like, kids grow up like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to work before I'm 13. So I, it kind of just lingers on after puberty into this age of being a teenager well, where wonder- you're just like, I don't have to do anything. Like, I'm not supposed to do anything. Government says I don't have yeah. to. I mean, they're they waiting wonder- to be commanded. Right? Yeah, they wonder exactly. why the kid, the millennials at 19 and 20 go get their first job ever and they don't know how to work. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that complaint. Of, mm-hmm. I hired this twenty-year-old, and they don't even know how to. They they have no concept of work. They spend all their time on their phone because mommy and daddy go. Well, I want to make sure you don't have to work. Just focus on school. Just focus yep. on school yep. instead of teaching them. And they're not focusing on school. Well, of course not. Well, like, like like from when I was about like twelve to maybe eleven to eleven to twelve. <laughs> Hypnotic. I, I started uh, mowing lawns in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think I did it until around uh, about the time that I was like 20 or 21, maybe even. And, you know, I I'd, uh, accumulated maybe like, you know, seven or eight lawns like um, th- throughout the years. And it was a great way to supplement my income. And it was also a great way to make, uh, you know, tax free cash. Yeah. There you go. And, you know. and like, that's what I said, like with when it with me, like I never had that opportunity, but I like I. I worked though from the my literally my first birthday. I worked when I turned fourteen. When I was allowed to, and I got after get the work permit. I've been working ever since that day. I've never been out of work. I started working at ten, doing random stuff around the neighborhood between ten. helping my brother mow lawns, washing windows, cleaning houses, and babysitting. And then when I was fourteen, I had to apply for my little my little <laughs> yeah. license. And when I was, I was all eight, confused. they had me working in a in a shoe factory. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, technically, I still don't have a business license. I just will not get one. I'll just continue evading that, and if I get caught, I'll just continue <laughs> evading it again. I mean, like to me, the idea that I need permission to sell the services that I've worked to develop to somebody, dude. I, I just want to. I just want to say, dude, you're sitting next to Captain Statist over here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would totally phone you in, dude. Uh, I, I would not phone him, and that's I'm ridiculous. just fucking. <laughs> 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 I think the way that society Samana. looks at it, though, is if you get a business license, you've been vetted. So you're not trying to sell rat poison yeah, as we're vetted makeup. by the Better Business Bureau. I mean, we have like an A-plus rating, 15 years in business. But I mean, Better Business Bureau, you purchased that rating from them, correct? We, no, you purchased membership, but the rating is based on complaints and things like that. And the fact is, if you go for 15 years and nobody has a complaint, that that is where you get that type of a rating from. It's not, It's not just like... You just pay them and they'll give you a rating. <laughs> There's no, plenty I mean, of people with F ratings on the Better Business Bureau. Well, yeah, it's, it's like you know Josh is telling me about like how like in, he's moving out to Colorado and it, take, it it apparently takes more hours out there to become a fucking barber, and it's like you know you could just like fucking practice haircuts on your like siblings and, and your friends, you know, if they consent to you giving them a haircut, you know, what's the problem? It's it's not exactly rocket science, you know. They, but that's and, like a thing they do. I mean, that's. Like you look at some of these, it, it's like you see these communities, right, where people are like, listen, you can't set up a hair salon, you can't set up a hair braiding service, it's going to be really, really hard, but you can get a welfare check really easily. I mean, it should always be easier but to start really a business. is it really easy to get a welfare check, though? Because I know a lot of people who are on welfare, and it's not Why? easy. They have to go through this whole process, and every now and then they get denied, and they work hard to make sure they have money, but they just need a little bit of supplement. And this is their argument, and it's harder than it looks. It's really not that easy to get. Yeah, money. but the problem is it's still easier than setting up a business. That's the issue. <laughs> well, setting up a business is really hard. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's not. And I, I don't mean just due like to the, the economic fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, economically, yeah, of course, business is hard. It's competitive. All that. I'm not arguing that. I'm saying it shouldn't be hard to be allowed to. It should be nothing to be allowed. I to. think. I mean, I think to get people to be at ease would to 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 show them how private businesses can vet business and better than the government can. Like, just because you have a government license doesn't mean that you're a good business owner or that you're doing it right. Yeah, I mean, that's why we have reviews. I mean, you go, you go, yes. you look at online reviews, right? Online reviews are everything. Like checking out somebody. Like, I go to a restaurant. I'm like, hey, how are the reviews of this restaurant? Not like. What does the government think about this restaurant? The government in the 1980s, when when I was a kid, would had told us that we need to be eating six to eleven servings of starch a day, things that we avoid as much as possible now. Drink water so. out of the goddamn hose. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of pussies. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's I don't know, man. So it's it's. Uh, I, you know, I, honestly, like, you know, going back to, I guess, everything we're talking about, you know, it's like, dude, I, I think you, you could just, you could just work on your, your tact a little bit. I could. <laughs> you know, with, with, I mean, I could. it's, I mean, you know, like I said, you're probably my number two um, favorite politician ever, <laughs> you know? So, but uh, I'm thinking about like, you know, how we can do like the absolute most damage with you to the state. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know. Um, but, uh. I don't. I think you rock. Uh, thanks for doing. Thanks for doing what you do. Um, I, I guess uh, next, uh, did we talk about uh, Tide Pods yet? No, we didn't get. To so, I mean, what is there to say other than people are being stupid? Don't yeah, okay, eat so, okay, Tide Pods. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. You don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> gushers. Don't they, be a dumbass. They're not gushers, and if you think they're gushers, you're probably not old enough to remember them. 
Oh God, I want gushers. They still now. make gushers. <laughs> right. Yeah, they still they, do. They still do yeah. make gushers. They still don't remember them from back in the day. So though. should we talk about Kokesh then? Uh, yeah, I think or so. Korean Olympics. Well, you just mentioned Kokesh, so let's talk about it. Let's okay, it. so 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 Kyle, what happened there? Uh, well, he declared that he's going to be running for president um, for the LP's nomination in 2020. And was it an hour or two hours later, he was driving down the highway in his uh, new RV in Texas. He got pulled over. He actually got pulled over twice. The first cop, he was able to talk his way out of it. It was a uh, like a temporary tag on his RV. Um, and then the second cop, he was speeding. And um, the cop ended up, you know, asking him to step out of the vehicle. He didn't have all the paperwork in order or whatever. And uh, they brought in a drug-sniffing dog. And then it turned out that he had um, marijuana and some other unnamed controlled or illegal substance. And he got arrested and taken to jail. Now, I've heard that the penalty is up to two years in jail. I don't know if he's actually going to get that, but that would be, a, you know, a long time to Wasn't go Wasn't it away. like a $76,000 bond, I believe? Well, he's got I, like two and a half to get uh, it. I think that's it. ringing a bell. Yeah. So, I mean, he, uh, you watched the video. It, it, didn't he also do the first um, <laughs> Bitcoin transaction behind bars? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what I that's what I believe. Didn't we hear that? Yeah, yeah. I we're did. All, I saw coughing, an article sorry. somewhere. It could <laughs> cool. have been false. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I saw. I mean, like Arvin, I'm, I'm curious. What do you think about like out of everybody you know that's spoken about running for president in 2020? Mm-hmm. Would you say um, like who's your pick? See, right now there's a lot of people that I that I like and. I, there's I mean, there's a lot of people I like. I really like. I mean, I like Kokesh. I mean, I know he's he kind of triggers people. He's kind of a hothead sometimes, or he comes across that way. But he's a phenomenal public speaker. He has like you know like I think real libertarian cred, credibility. Um, I think he's he's he said like a lot of like positive type things about you know getting the government out of various parts of, of life. So so I like that. Um, I'm not sure if Larry Sharp is running. I mean, I, I'm gonna assume that Larry Sharp is running in 2020. I think he has a lot of great things to say. I mean, I know that Larry Sharp has, has, has taken me to task for a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I say that he doesn't like. But that's like a one-way thing. I still like him fine, even if he, if he disagrees with me on, on a lot of issues. Um, in, in terms of, you know, some folks have been talking about, you know, having Bill Weld run. I'm not a huge oh, fan of that. that. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't really probably, I would probably be not very likely to support that. Fat no for me. <laughs> like, uh, like what, what could Bill Weld do to make you support him? It's it's um it's tricky because you know to me it's it's not so much that I think his policies are bad. I mean, there's there's areas that I disagree on, um, but there's also areas where I disagree with Kyle on policy. But I'd be fine with Kyle because I know that Kyle is not you know trying to get voters to vote Democrat. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's that was the thing with Bill Weld. When yeah. Weld practically endorsed Hillary. I mean, it yeah. was like almost an appeal. Like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to get out to vote. Like the night before the election or something like that, he was stumping for Hillary, and and it was like. Are you kidding me? It you felt know? like there was a hard message from the party, like telling everyone the candidates, don't engage in the Hillary Clinton debate thing. Don't trash her because this is why Trump's going to lose because he's trashing Hillary. So try, it was almost like they were just trying to appeal to the, like, the leftists. No, well, I, 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 that's the way I, I interpret think, it. I think well voted for Hillary. Okay, okay well, let me, let me tell you. <laughs> I, put I it bet he okay. did. I bet he did. I, don't, okay. I bet he didn't even vote for him. So, so, so I, I have a friend who worked on the Johnson campaign. <laughs> I will not say his name. But, um, you know, he informed me that, you know, when uh, when he confronted Weld, Weld said something like uh, it's basically or I believe he confronted Weld's wife. 
And she said something like, basically, well, this is like in response to uh, a, a criticism of Weld endorsing Hillary. She said something like, well, this is our country we're talking about. You know what I mean? So she, she basically said, like, yeah, um, Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. And, you know, it, like as much as I fucking hate Trump, just like I hate every other fucking president. Mm-hmm. It's like the thing I like about Trump is. Um, I live in a blue state and he's hated as much as I hate every other fucking president, you know, and he, when it comes down to it, in my eyes, he's doing all the same shit. He's escalating the wars, just like Barry escalated the wars, just like Bush escalated the wars, yeah. you know, so that's the number one thing. And then, you know, you still got the drug war going on. It seems like not much is changing, but, you know, it's like he's pissing off the establishment and, and they're one of my enemies. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I kind of like that. I feel like it's, it's entertaining. He's entertaining, but that's like a, da- that's a dangerous thing. And I know a lot of ANCAPs that voted for Trump. Oh, I, I wouldn't have voted for Trump. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, not, no, no, Trump's I, a I, piece I of shit. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. ANCAPs then, yeah, but, but they're calling themselves ANCAPs and they're thinking that way and they have, you know, their, their beliefs seem in line with that. And to me, that's, that's a problem because I think right <laughs> now, you know, the, the, the LP has, has bent so far over backwards to be quote respectable that we're ignoring the social changes going on. I mean, unrespectability won this election. He won because he was unrespectable and people don't like respectability politics the way that they used to. It's not the 1980s anymore. I feel like people just don't like the, the same old game of of the political talk. And when he said what that main what, during the debate, he said you'd be in jail to Hillary. Like that was just like even me. I was like, holy shit, that's hilarious. Like, yes, I was like, that's amazing. So people took that a lot and like, oh, he's Wrong. different. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Like, oh, he's good... different. He's different. Like I know he's gonna like he's it. gonna bring down the he's gonna bring down the system and it's all bullshit. He's I mean, supposed yeah. to take he, down the whole establishment. But that's the problem. He kept on saying it. Swamp's still full. Swamp's still full. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're right. Still full. We're working on it. I have, don't worry. I have good plumbers. They're the best plumbers. People are always telling me. <laughs> it is shut down right now. So yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but no. That means they're always taking a shit in the swamp. <laughs> I mean, he just he made all these promises and people just believed him. But because he was like, no one can't buy him. He's a he's you know he's not a politician. No one can buy him i said yeah but you don't understand he Wrong. was the guy that was buying politicians <laughs> yeah he's just bypass bypassing the whole process yeah. so it's just like that was what way i took it you know and i just i hate how a lot of ancaps fell for that shit and now i'm pushing this this trump thing and i realized like how wrong they were yeah, but they didn't we it's you know we gave them you know when you have and 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 here's the thing like i have a lot of respect for gary johnson bill Weld is maybe a little bit different but i have a lot of respect for gary johnson I agree but it's it's like we gave him this culture, right? Like he did as much as somebody could with this Libertarian Party culture that we have right now. When he was asked by by a by a bereaved mom about her, you know, or, or her son who was I forget either like like injured or made sick or killed by by heroin, like why do you want to end the drug war? And he handled it oh, yeah, very that. poorly. Yeah, he handled it extremely <laughs> poorly, but he handled it poorly because, I, in my opinion, because he was reflecting our culture. Our culture should be to say that either, you know, you have some contributory negligence here because it was your kid who you raised to be a heroin addict. Or we can say that when you have random changes in purity, which is what you have in street drugs, you have a higher risk of yep. problems. I mean, either one of those, I would prefer the second one. I think it's maybe a little bit more civil, but I would have been okay with the first one. I was not okay with what actually happened. 
And that is a reflection of a culture that's saying, like, we are not going to antagonize anybody. Listen, any politician that has ever won anything in all of human history has antagonized about 49.9% of the population. It's true. I think we have to make a consequentialist arguments yeah. when we try to debate with people. We have to say, okay, what happened? This, is, this was the consequences. So the, law, the current laws didn't save your son. Right. Mm-hmm. So you had a bad consequence and let's let's reevaluate our laws and our legal structure and, and try to come up with something better. You know, if you legalize drugs, regulate drugs, you don't have the hot shots, you don't have the fentanyl, the poison that's in there. Uh, I think they would be safer. And so that that would be how I would make the argument. Now, a lot of libertarians would just say, well, it's morally wrong to outlaw drugs, but I would make consequentialist arguments. <clears throat> yeah, no complaint from me there. Yeah, I, I think you're good with I'm good with. Anyway, like any way to, to defend, you know, ending the drug, um, ending the drug war. Yeah, different strokes, different yeah. strokes. Now, if, now, one one thing. I mean, though, let's the best way to end the addiction problem is to end the drug war. Yeah. It's yeah. the only thing that's keeping it now, going. Now, if Gary Johnson had used, you know, what 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 sometimes is my style and been as incendiary as he possibly could over there, <laughs> the whole election would have been about the drug war. None I, of I the def- election would have been about Aleppo. I agree that he. Yeah. I was so mad at him Should've during that town that. hall, yeah. that libertarian I mean, <laughs> town hall thing, because all he had to tell her was, "Well, the reason your son died is because of the drug war." Yeah, it was and a softball. It, it was, was easy. Hey, it was this, so it easy work, that any know, libertarian <laughs> other than fucking him could have guessed it. Dr- it, it, it drug the drug prohibition war is, gave us this consequence. Yes, so it did. let's change what those policies. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and he could have even added a nice fire the DEA and cut taxes accordingly. Yeah, I well, mean, just it throw changed. There, yeah. the way that we're Never approaching it now right. because obviously the way we're approaching it now doesn't work because if it did work then we wouldn't have the heroin epidemic that we have right now the yeah. funny thing is is the only reason why i see a lot of people talking about the heroin problem now is there's there's like there's two camps there's one there's the group of people that tons and tons of their friends are dropping like flies now or exactly. there's people who saw like in the younger generation is there's heroin documentaries on Netflix now that are popping up. Well, that, especially yeah, like, in Maryland and Baltimore specifically. Dope. Uh, okay, season. I, I had two people die in the past week and a half who I was um, close friends with since high school. From wow. from heroin, and two I knew people died. Wow. We were talking and about then, this before. You know, in in, in, in recent years when, when they were struggling with this stuff, you know, it's like part of me feels guilty for not. Um, for not feeling like I was there for them as much. But at the same time, you know, when you've got like a heroin addict in your life, it's like... It's not your and, responsibility, well, really. Yeah, well, but at the same time... Yeah, but time, I mean, you want to help your friends, you know? But yeah. wouldn't it have been nice to know that if they were getting heroin, it wouldn't have been cut with, wouldn't have been cut with fentanyl? It would have been... No doubt. If it was legal, it would have been processed properly. Yeah. They would have had clean needles. They probably wouldn't be getting these extreme doses that they don't know no, about. Well, well, well actually, actually... It would actually, have been safer. Actually, yeah. you know, uh, like, uh, it's rumored that the one friend died from hepatitis C... And uh, you know, from sharing the needles, so yeah. it's it's basically yeah. like like you're saying, I mean, like that insane. that he might still be alive. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, like so right. so he didn't actually die from. It's rumored. I mean, from what I've heard, he he didn't die from actual heroin, but um, you know, he he died from fighting that the infection, and he was actually fighting. You know, the urge to go back to it. He he was in a house with friends who were there mm-hmm. to support him. No, no, not friends who were doing it. Friends who friends were the, who friends were who, to, who yeah. brought him in from off the fucking street, okay? And then and then like gave him a room. Maybe he didn't have the money, but but at any rate, it was it, it was you know uh, like apparently there was no drugs in his system. Uh, there was no drugs at, or paraphernalia at the scene. 
So, you know, this is a guy who was fighting it, but, you know, he got hep C from sharing fucking needles. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have medicine for the hep C, so, you know, apparently that, that that's how he died, you know? I've um, seen, like, so so much of, of what we're seeing is, is, like, a couple things. One, literally taking away people's right to just clean hygiene. I mean, banning needles is so heinously wrong. I don't, I can't even... It doesn't solve the problem. It, 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 it just makes it, it's like you add disease to the drug problem. Well, it's like you're trying to treat the symptoms and not the problem. The yeah, symptoms yeah. are the needles. Exactly. The problem is the addiction. So, oh, we'll get rid of the needles. That'll get rid of the addiction. That doesn't do any. That doesn't, that doesn't get rid of the disease. Yeah. Smoking heroin isn't less dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know? you guys, if you guys haven't seen it, um, Russell Brand, there's a documentary that Russell Brand does on addiction and on heroin. And it's really, really good. And it explores how different countries and in different areas of different countries deal with drug problems. Well, well I love how... Cr- oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I just love how the United States likes to ignore, what is it, Portu- Portugal? Who yeah. legalized or decriminalized everything yeah. in their Which is not enough. Rates. We need legalization, it's not It's not enough, but even just that little bit dropped... <laughs> Death rates from domino. Over, yeah, I, it, it was a domino effect. I mean, uh, personally, I, I would think decriminalization would cut it. And just like I, I think private companies would regulate it so much better right now than the the black market. Decriminalization, you can't, you still can't sell it. You can't open a business to sell it. I believe, right? So, so what? Decrypt. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so so here's here's one thing that I think is is really Sorry. important for us to notice, which is if you are addicted to cigarettes. Think about the help you get. You have gum, you have patches, you have all these groups. There's so much, so many innovations designed yeah. to help you, right? Because the there's, there's, not, there's not a stigma attached to quitting cigarettes you know, as there is quitting heroin. You're like, ooh, that guy's a heroin addict. But it's you know, not just that. Thing. You're also not, you don't have to be afraid. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people it's I've options. talked to who yeah. are, who are like, you know, I want help, but I'm afraid that if I go to the hospital, I'm going to get arrested. You know, I, Well, I, if you go to the hospital, even with a regular, I have a chronic illness, and if I go to the hospital and I'm in pain, they treat me like I'm a heroin addict. They yeah. automatically think I'm there to get drugs. Yeah. That's, their, that's their first thought. And when I go, no, I'm sorry, morphine doesn't work on me, I need Dilaudid, the nurse rolls her eyes at me and walks away, and I'm like, no, you don't understand, I'm not an addict I'm here for a reason, mm-hmm. and, and I haven't needed Dilaudid in years. But that kind of an attitude, that stigma, really, really prevents good pe- people from getting help. Yeah. People that you know, if you watch uh, Netflix, uh, dope. There, yeah. see, uh, episode two is about Baltimore, and there's a couple, and this guy was like, "I broke my back. I was in a wheelchair," mm-hmm. and then after four years of being on pain medication, the doctor cuts him off. Mm-hmm. I've had to withdraw from pain medication. That shit sucks. You you can die from it. Yeah. It's not easy. And it's my doctor fun. did the exact same thing that his doctors did. Just cut you off. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good. You don't need it anymore. No, you don't understand. I'm still addicted. I do need it. Like yeah. it's not that easy and people don't people don't want to look at addiction as people needing help or as a disease yeah. or is something they just look at it as oh well you're bad yeah you're like addicted. This, there's a stigma that's yes. what I, like there's a lot of like, i know someone who worked in pain management um office the doctor's office and so many people would come in that they come in like oh yeah my back hurts so they'll say something like crazy and they'll be like yeah can i get some of these pain meds but they they drug test them and they all have cocaine in their system mm-hmm. and it's just like you you know what i mean so a lot of the nurses and a lot of the you know people that work there just became so jaded the fact that all these people would come in saying oh 
yeah, something like this happened. So, like, when you say, like, stuff, like doctors roll their eyes at you, like, they see that all the time, and they're just like, oh, this is just a drug addict. Like, Absol- and there's this well, stigma against that. They've looked at my, like, I have scarring on my arms from yeah, my disease. You, yeah, that's right. You're telling me. And they've, like, I've, I've been in the emergency room, and I've actually, in the emergency room, have not asked for any pain medication. This was, like, a year ago. And they looked at my arms, and they were like, uh, what are those? And I was like, it's yeah. a scar. And they thought they were needle marks. Mm. And I understand that you're dealing with a lot of ODs and stuff, yeah. but I'm in here with some serious stuff. I'm on serious medication. I'm not asking for pain medication. How, 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 now, how difficult is this for somebody to be able to tell who's using and who's not? I know that there become there there is a gray area because I mean I've I as everybody I don't know if if you have, but I mean I know myself included. I've lost quite a few people to heroin, so like. I, you know you know when someone's you in can, the depth yeah. of a binge yeah. when yeah. they need it and you're when you just you can look at them and know like this person's a fucking addict. But yeah. I mean even even in that case, here, here's what I would say: sometimes like people get sometimes people get addicted to, to to heroin not because they're doing anything right, not because it was prescribed by a doctor, because they just wanted to, they tried it and they got addicted, right? Yeah. And every single person in here, including me, at some point. You ate some junk food, you didn't wear a jacket, you did something that you knew was kind of stupid, but you did it anyway, and you got a cold, right? Yeah. Now, imagine if the response to that cold, instead of, like, human, I don't mean compassion, just human civility of, like, yes, you can buy medicine to help you. Yes, we're going to treat you like a human. Yeah, we get you made a mistake. But if we could just understand that when somebody is sick, even if it's their fault that they're sick, and I get it can be their fault, Mm -hmm. we can still treat people with, like, just civility. I don't even mean compassion. Just the most basic level of civility. I completely agree with you. But I have one thing to say. Because I have a few people I know in the fire department who are sick and tired of watching people overdose. And then they go to save their lives. And they get the people who they've now saved their life from overdose get mad at them because they ruined the their high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually know one person who quit the force because he was so sick of it and he was just tired of trying to deal with addicts and you know there's people that go into the hospital who nearly die get saved on hospital money that they never have to pay then they come out and five like 10 minutes later they've picked up from their dealer and now they're high again so i can understand (laughs) the anger from people because of those addicts but they don't understand the addiction yeah i mean that's that's what we need we need to educate both sides on the anger from it plus the reason and the addiction itself you know these people need to understand why addiction is and how do we fix the addiction what do we do to solve that instead of treating them like animals but people without you know with understanding the people who are frustrated that yeah you that that it's it's it is the disease includes the part where you go back to continue the disease that's the worst part of that of that disease and you know locking people up in these like prison rape cages is not a hu- it's not a, I'm not even saying it's not a humane solution of course it's not a humane solution it's just not a solution that makes any sense I mean yeah. that's like saying like yeah you got a they cold don't think you get arre- throw you in a dungeon don't feel too bad what happens well, to you in jail but I don't really think don't. you get arrested for overdosing like they don't no, there's don't no so. yeah um, and there's no consequence for calling the police for an overdose because they were so scared of people mm-hmm. dying because they wouldn't call the police for they would get arrested like a, like let's a just think of that again let's just think yeah. of this it is safer it is safer for you to call 911, I'm overdosing on heroin, 
than it is if you get pulled over with a joint. <laughs> I'm right. just fucking saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's in, that's in fucking credible that you can call and you won't even go to jail for having overdose. If they would have caught you with the heroin, you would have gone to jail. You'd have gone screwed. to jail. Yes. So that's what you should do. If the fucking cops are coming, quick, everybody OD. That's <laughs> <laughs> quick, they're coming. I mean, that's that's what's that's it's sad, but you have no, a point. Yeah, that's what's, a great what's, point. What's yeah. going to happen when it becomes that? When they know shit, the cops are coming. Either I can OD. I think it is, that. and maybe they'll bring me they'll bring I'm, me back I'm sure it's happened they'll bring me back i won't get all the high i want but at least they won't lose my fucking money and yeah. i won't go to jail now yeah. what's gonna i mean what's gonna happen when <laughs> no. these 17 year old kids that are, are using just said like fuck i can't go to jail i'll rather od like that's what i'm it's gonna sure move that's to. happened it, it's definitely a realistic scenario and that's one of the consequences of this drug war that just likes to criminalize instead of understand and think that mm -hmm. we need to regulate everything everybody does with their body we need a prohibitionist on here to be the counterpoint i'm i'm not one we're all in agreement yeah on i think the, we're all on the drug <laughs> war you know so there's no like it's little there's true. no argument it's just like we're all just nodding our heads yeah i mean it's yeah. funny it's funny when you when you tell a good people, echo chamber hey guess what you know like prohibition with alcohol it's pretty much what you're doing with pot you see how pot's been flourishing people <laughs> say no oh shit Prohibition didn't work, did it? No, no. it didn't work. Created the criminal black market. It, 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 uh, it enriched it the, mo more, the it mob. It killed lots more people. A lot of people died. Yeah, yep. I mean, there they the, the demand was there in the market. If the demand is there, the supply is going to follow. Somebody is going to be willing to meet that demand uh, and circumvent the law. I mean, look, you can get synthetic lean. You know, it's the synthetic, you know, codeine syrup. Yep. You can get anything else you want. Why not just legalize it? Yeah, and the and the thing is, the black market pushes towards the more concentrated and dangerous drugs. It is easier to transport a million dollars worth of heroin than to transport a million dollars worth of marijuana because it's just smaller. And you can't smell it. Yeah, the smell. <laughs> and you can't smell it. I can it. smell that sticky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What do you want to go to? Yeah, you want to move on? I don't know. Dude. I, maybe we want to move on to, to crypto this week. What do you think? Well, it's up to you, man. You're running yeah. the show. So, I mean, uh, what was it earlier this week? What was it? Maybe the 16th that um, its prices fell so low that um, a lot. I saw a lot of people calling it a crash. Oh, a lot. Oh, they everyone. always call it a crash every time it drops. Oh, that yeah. And everyone was so I quick. Loaded, they, they were so scared. They wanted to wave their victory go. flag, you know, and I saying, oh, we won. We told you it was a crash. Peter Schiff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah, he's anti-crypto. So, and wasn't this based on speculation of government regulation of why yeah. this, why it went down? Yeah, but you guys got to look at the underlying thing there, right? Like, why would South Korea want to ban crypto? Because the only people on Earth that hate North Korea more than Trump does is South Korea. Yeah. I mean, the second that people are like, oh, South North Korea can use crypto to evade sanctions, South Korea doesn't like crypto anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Notice South Korea. Notice South Korea and North Korea have also decided to unify for the games. Yeah, for the games, right? I'm but not for the. I'm wondering. Which is what, so strange to I, me. I, maybe it's maybe it's in response to the crypto thing because now it's like shit. Now they know our loophole. Quit, uh, okay. Hey, 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 Josh. Earlier, didn't you say something about like Bitcoin, like derogatory or something, like, like about the, the price falling? Oh, I was joking around and called it shitcoin. Yeah, but see, <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. Like, like people are calling Bitcoin shitcoin because it fell to the price. That are, you, are you triggered? 
Well, no, yes. it fell to the price that it rose to when everyone got all excited. To, yeah, like yeah. fucking, like fucking two months ago, everybody was like, "Wow, eleven thousand dollars!" And know? then it got to twenty, yeah, and then I it dropped it, back down to eleven. And I everyone bought was it like, with it's 7, a crash. All right, yeah. so 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 maybe maybe yeah. Sony needs to explain the market to people like this. The market is like trying to like give somebody an orgasm. You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to like let it all go right away. You want to let this shit really really build up. You know, <laughs> fucking take your goddamn time. <laughs> Get in for the long haul. Nobody wants a goddamn minute, man, because you wow. know what? They don't produce well. <laughs> well they don't I'm produce start anything. I'm using this Sometimes argument now. It's we have a good wet argument. dreams, and we don't get to that point. So, <laughs> but that's different, though. Wet Not dr- speaking from no, see, no, like a wet dream. You can, I mean, fine. You want to call an economic an economic wet dream would be like you <laughs> would be you splurging on, let's say, lesser known crypto. That could be considered something like that, or like you know, the growing pains, l- learning learning your economic sexuality. Let's yeah. say that. Let's call it your economic. <laughs> Sexuality a little. Oh, but I mean, here, here's the thing: all the Bitcoin attention is not just Bitcoin. I mean, there's so many competing cryptocurrencies. I didn't out even there. realize oh, how many there were. There's so over like 300. It's it's but there's a lot that have, have have addressed some of the technological drawbacks that that Bitcoin has. I mean, some have addressed, made it more secure. Some have dealt with the bottleneck issue. I mean, you have. And that's a great thing. You have this marketplace of people saying, well, this is a thing we don't like about Bitcoin. Let's make it better in this way. Okay. Well, well, this is not a financial advice. We are not financial advisors. I want to say that like, you shouldn't put more money into crypto than you can afford to lose. Now, Arvin, what are your favorite cryptos? I've, I've really liked to see I – I, I've, I like different ones for different reasons. You know, I'm I'm really impressed with the way that that's that that IOTA has figured out how to deal with the bottleneck, right? Because they make every person who uses it also there's no minor user separation. So if you want to approve of a trans, if you want to have a transaction, you have to prove two other transactions. So a bottleneck becomes mathematically impossible, and maybe it has some other vulnerabilities. I like the idea. A lot of people are are using this idea of proof of stake rather than proof of work, which is actually environmentally much stronger than. Um, <laughs> it's, it's environmentally much much better because you're not using quite so much electricity the way that Bitcoin does. So I like a lot of these innovations. I mean, I think it's amazing the way that that all the the shortcomings people are saying, man, Bitcoin's using too much electricity. So you find the low electricity coins, right? You find it has has bottlenecks. Some people are saying it's not secure enough. So you got things like Monero that's like you know over the top aggressively secure. I mean, it's 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 yeah. fascinating to watch. I mean, what do, what are you feeling about Ripple? Like, what's your feeling about like? Because I know a lot of people are are back and forth between Ripple. Like a lot of people who just want to make money, and a lot of people are like, they they kind of took a victory lap of it of it going down uh, the past few days, in about a week or I whatever. Mean, you know me, I'm I'm an anti-establishment guy. So <laughs> you are so, really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, noticed. I I'd, like on a on a pure like technological perspective, you know, respect and all that. But like a guy like me, I'm cheering for Monero. I'm cheering for all the like you know untraceable, untaxable things. Arvin, what do you think? What do you think about Nexus? I don't know that much about it. I mean, I haven't I haven't really looked into it that okay, much. Okay, I'm going to send you an article that John Vibes wrote, and then a uh, YouTube interview with the uh, creator of Nexus. Okay. So his name is Colin Cantrell. And uh, so Nexus, it improves on the security of Bitcoin. It also it would improve on the fees and it also would improve on the, the speed of the uh, blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, the um, just to tell you about Colin Cantrell, he was building uh, rockets with Elon Musk when he was 15 years old. His, his father is a billionaire. His name is Jim, Jim Cantrell, and he was one of the founders of the SpaceX program. Nice. So right now, I believe he is in uh, the Vector program. They're going to throw up satellites um, 
60 kilometers up because up there it's international air international it, air I love yeah it. <laughs> so um so you know and he doesn't say governments but he says so uh internet can't be censored it's like i, I feel like he's just like I, that's j- exactly what he's saying though so it's a totally libertarian venture and i, I saw a um an interview with him and, and somebody asked him like would you ever consider patenting this technology and he said eh, um maybe only to make it public domain so somebody else couldn't patent it first Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know he's he's like uh, fucking like Tesla on the uh, anti IP bet, and personally, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Nice. So it it seems like this is like the uh, the libertarian crypto. It's a chance for us to put our uh, money where our mouth is. I, I mean, I'm going to be looking into it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a, a couple things to research. I can even post them in the arguments of the of this post because I'm a total Nexus shell. Nice, you know. And right now, you can get Nexus for. I believe it's about uh, around the six dollar range. Nice, nice. So. Here, here's what I what I really like. I love the way that we have the techno libertarians and the political libertarians. I mean, it's you know it's just kind of hitting them from both sides. And I think that if we just keep working that way, my biggest yeah. question is, all of these cryptocurrencies are still based on the dollar. They're not really based on the I mean, dollar. At least, at least the way they seem to be. Well, I actually, the, the, the funny thing is, and, and me and John Vibes were talking about it, and we both think it's kind of annoying. Like on a lot of these uh, crypto um, what are they, brokers, you know, they'll give you the value of the coin um, as it is in Bitcoin, what, what it compares to Bitcoin. You ever mm-hmm. notice that? And uh, so, but it, it, it's kind of annoying to us because we're used to dealing with dollars, you know? Whereas I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people kind of feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to change your perspective and your understanding of money when you're so used to one currency um i think the more that we see it in the value of bitcoin mm-hmm. we'll start to understand oh a, yeah it, yeah it, it's totally not totally gonna be overnight it's gonna i get frustrated when i'm like okay now i gotta open up my cryptocurrency converter and <laughs> see how much yeah. money i actually fucking have but it's going to take some time and soon we'll be like, oh, half a Bitcoin. Damn, you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) We're just used to expressing things in terms of dollars. Yes. It's it's an exchange ratio that we're using to price it in, but we price everything in dollars. It it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be. You 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 can compare one ounce of gold to one Bitcoin. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah, yeah, but it would be nice if crypto um, brokers (laughs) gave you the option uh, as to to which one you want to say. Yeah, totally. No, they just want you to suck it up and get used to it. (laughs) Here's what I think is important for us to remember that it's, you know, the investment side is cool and it's cool to like, you know, have like money saved up. But one of the most important functions of any currency is the ability to allow one person to trade some of their labor for somebody else's labor. And at that point, it doesn't really matter what the price is or the volatility and the transaction fees matter, but nothing else really matters. What matters is that I can do an hour of my work and exchange it for an hour of somebody else's work and without having to fund government schools, without having to fund the military welfare complex, without having to fund the drug war, without having to fund any of that. That's the key thing. But what, one, one thing that people, people seem to miss, though, is um, the first step to, um, to denationalizing any country is to take away its currency. Yeah. So I mean, and that's one that's one big thing that I think is why Bitcoin is seen as an enemy because it's showing that hey, guess what? Much like you know, the U.S. was based off of a lot of ideology or beliefs in freedom. Hey, guess what? <laughs> currency is only 
a concept. Mm -hmm. It's only a fucking concept. Like, it doesn't actually exist. Well, I love and it people when people don't are get like, that. where's the you know? value in Bitcoin? And I'm like, we give it value. Like, it's a part. We give yeah. a dollar bill value. There's no gold backing the dollar. We give it value. We give gold value, So too. you don't need it's to in, find the value in yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. It's there. It's a shiny rock. No, no, it's but, insane yeah. that people can't get that concept. You can't eat it. Anybody taking economics should read The Law by Frederick Bastiat. Every single person that's taking economics because it'll have them look at commodities and realize, hey, guess what? This whole concept of paying for things is just because people said, fuck it, you know what? I don't want to work for you to get this well, loaf of bread. Well, they needed a middle ground. You. Like, you needed a, a, a middleman. You needed I mean, something it, that was, yeah. you know, if I wanted to trade my apples for your weed, and you're like, <laughs> right? well, I don't want any apples, and I'm like, well, that's all I got. Like, like no, well, oh, okay, here's hey, a dollar. we like, can go into a apple bong business. <laughs> <laughs> this is but, true. No, but going in front, Entrepreneurship. Not, not to be cliche, but, like, Man, Economy, and State is a great read for, you know, with stuff. It's, yeah. like, it's so mm -hmm. common sense stuff. They break it down, and I'm like... To me, as a, like growing up as a kid, like the subjective value towards things, like I went online, I, I did, I blew like three hundred dollars on a test press for a band, and to some other person, that's worth nothing. But to me, it was worth the three hundred dollars to, to bid on it, you know. And, and to, and okay, to, uh, which band was it? I'm, I'm intrigued. Terror, a band Terror. Oh, okay, what is it like hardcore stuff? Yeah, like hardcore. Yeah, I get no, I know. So yeah, so like, and they had a demo. So I was like, shit, I'll do it. I had the money, I'll blow it, whatever. So like, to me, that was worth so much to me to spend three hundred bucks on it. But I mean, like, do you find like anyone else? So it's like no. subjective. <laughs> it's subjective. I would not. I, I mean, for, as a kid, for, like for, being for, eighteen, I understood that. For argument. for me, I absolutely get that. Yeah, absolutely get that, dude. Right. Because like when I was at the record store, like maybe a couple months ago, and I was cruising through all the old seven inches, and I found a um, Inside Out. Ooh, seven inch like oh, a, yes. like it was like that'd be like was it no spiritual surrender yes it's a, it yeah. like 96 98 like that, it was well, like, for everyone listening that's uh um you, you've um lead singer of oh god what's his name um of uh rage against the machine oh really that was his old oh. band it was a hardcore band yeah called inside oh. out and it was really really, awesome. really good that was and then rage against the machine i was like <laughs> not yeah. a fan of rage because right I mean, me. I just literally saw like the lights go on, being like, "This is communist propaganda." <laughs> it is very communist propaganda. But Inside Out was so fucking good. And they were on, they were on Revelation Records. Yep. Revelation always had good fucking bands. So it's just like, but yeah, but blowing it back to the point, it's just like three hundred dollars on a vinyl, dude. I would, <sighs> I, I get dumb, it. But I get, I get it, it. though. You know, <laughs> I fucking but, get it, dude. Yeah. I spent five hundred dollars to see The Cure. Oh wow! Wow! Oh, cool. Did you get to blow them? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? For five hundred bucks, I was close enough. Right. I could have. Yeah. I mean, he could have just flopped his. He could have flopped his sad phallus into my mouth if so he really like, wanted to. So that's why we talk about economics in this sense. It's like it's all subjective, and that. And to me, as a kid, like I understood that. I knew what I was doing is dumb. I knew what my parents said. They knew about it. Like they think it's dumb, but to me, it's valuable. And like. I th and that's what economics and everything else it boils down to. It's what we find value in. This uh, well, is it would be nice if, if they would be nice if they taught that in school. Yeah, I, I Early, never learned. Like, look, no, look at, look absolutely at these, not. Look at these penny cryptos that are going on right now. Using that 
is this is a good this would be a good way i'm not saying for home necessarily just for homeschooling but penny crypto it's cheap obviously Definitely. which means you can afford to invest a little bit in it you can teach your kids about the stock market you can teach your kids about how money how how, how the concept of money works Actually, so a lot a lot of homeschoolers are doing exactly what you're yeah, saying. That's I become mean, really popular. I mean, because why? It's so goddamn cheap, and it's like you know what? If your kid ends up becoming this economic whiz, yeah. dude, your kid could fucking make you a millionaire, dude. Right. But like, think about like, what else? Investing his allowance in the right. It's not, it's not right just like crypto. random gambling, right? Because you're learning about technology, you're learning how people right. do problem solving, you're learning about market. I mean, you like real investing isn't just. You know, let me roll the dice here. It's really it trying to learn. It makes you think. It makes you exactly. use your brain yeah. to, to get into well, it. That's what people miss about about Bitcoin is anybody that looks on it on the surface is Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Just because it has coin attached to it, they're thinking physical money. Yeah. They don't know that it's a technology. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't understand the actual concept behind it. Like if I asked if I if you ask somebody, hey, do you do you have a Satoshi? They don't know that that's the smallest unit measurement mm -hmm. for a Bitcoin because mm -hmm. they don't know what the fuck a Bitcoin is. They yeah. just see it in terms of money, whereas we, why libertarians love that shit is because we can see it in terms of yeah. philosophy, yeah. you know, in terms of a technology. That's why we're, that's why, that's why we're better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. Like, Everything's about, better when it's done voluntarily. Wrong. Like I'm teaching my kids and stuff and I'm probably doing it wrong. Cause like the other night I told the story before, like my daughter came in the bedroom. Like it was like after she went to bed, she came in like crying. She's like, I don't want the government to take my money. <laughs> 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 like, don't worry now about you've that. made it like a scary story. Yeah. For her. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I'm setting them up the right way to think about it. But like, it's just, you know, teaching kids, like you said about like, like I should like, like my daughter saw like a Coinbase account and she was asking about questions about it. And I'm like, the kid's going to shoot yeah. Santa. Dude, somebody, somebody's going to dress up as Santa one year to surprise her, and she's going to shoot and be like, my daddy said to shoot anything that's a red. <laughs> Communists, get out! I must make daddy proud. <laughs> so, yeah, this is like, uh, we're about two hours in here, so Holy I think shit. that's... that's uh, that's probably about it for this week. Can I uh, uh, can I say something real quick? What uh, do you want to say, dude? I want to uh, talk to uh, <laughs> this guy, uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Stein. Probably made the, po uh, the I guess the comment of the night when he said, "Press P to pack a bowl for Che Wagner." <laughs> and I it didn't get enough likes on it, but I had to give him credit. That was funny. Well, he made us all laugh. We were all passing around my phone. That where's Che Wagner? Is he masturbating in the <laughs> restroom? Or? Yeah, I don't know he's, where he's touching. What little government we have left. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I'd like to remind everybody that uh, we accept uh, articles over at thedailyliberator.com. So if you have something to say, we've provided a podium for which you to say it. Um, so just uh, place a submission over there. And uh, we also have T-shirts at libertariancountry.com. And if you want to pick up any of the T-shirts on libertariancountry.com, if you enter in the code PRL or the code PRL podcast, you will receive a 5% discount. And until next time, live free. Or die. Or die. Or die. <laughs> or die. <laughs> cool. Everybody's going to die. State is a good break with the blood that is shed. Stretching the flags on the tax bombs and red. Was it by a few at the expense of the many? Soldiers and gods and the death machine. You can't justify killing by economic gain. For God, country, and democracy. You can put freedom in death point in a fine land. You stop what the truth that bring them home. I believe the joke will do the best for you. 
Not aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes obsolete!